Hi there, my name is Radar. I'm a Cullen College graduate with a degree in radio broadcasting with ter- journalism and television courses. And baseball is my favorite sport, so this is going to be my baseball preview podcast. It will be the first installment for On the Radar Entertainment blog, so this installment is going to be a baseball preview. And first up this will be the Chicago White Sox. Chicago White Sox are my favorite team. I was born and raised in Chicago. I'm a huge White Sox fan. I'm not going to be biased in this. I'm going to be very honest with you about the White Sox. The White Sox this year are going to have a great young rotation of Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Carson Fulmer. The only problem is they're still on the hook to pay James Shields, and they brought back Miguel Gonzalez, who they traded last year. You know, And the hope is maybe James Shields and Miguel Gonzalez pitch well enough to be flipped to the deadline because right now there are other pitchers that deserve to be in the rotation like Michael Kopech when he's ready to come up, or currently Heather Santiago, who we brought back, who the Sox had originally. The Sox will also have a great lineup, potentially, with Abreu, Garcia, Delmonico, and Davidson, Dave, uh, Tim Anderson, and Wellington Castillo. It's a pretty good lineup. The only problem with the White Sox is roster configurations and who's where and what in, in the lineup. So the Sox are trying out Moncada in the leadoff spot and Abby Garcia in the second spot which makes absolutely no sense. Javi Garcia had an incredible year last year. He's a middle-of-the-order guy. You bat fourth or fifth. Moncada has tremendous power. He's supposed to be this great hitter. You would think that you would want to bat Moncada, you know, maybe second, probably fifth or sixth. Leading off is a silly idea. And the Sox, other issue is they have no starting left fielder and no fourth outfielder. Nicky Delamonico, who should be aging, he should be DHing as a former third baseman who can't field properly third base. He should be the DH. But the Sox have decided that they're in love with Yomar Sanchez, formerly known as Carl Sanchez, to be their starting third baseman, which puts Matt Davidson to DH, which bumps Delamonico to left field. Instead of having Charlie Tilson from the Cardinals, who they got previously, and Ryan Cordell, who they got from the Brewers, one of these guys to play left field or even center field, pump pushing Angle to a quarter spot or Garcia to left field would be the correct thing to do because it's a defensive liability. And the Sox don't even have a fourth half there because they're using Larry Garcia, who for multiple seasons in a row wasn't even on the 40-man roster. Well, technically the 25-man roster, I mean, the active roster because they had Todd Frazier, Brett Lowry, and even Saladino for a while. With the, Tyler Saladino was a starter, so Sanchez was one of the backups. So Garcia was always in the minor leagues, and then Garcia's a middle infielder who's played everywhere. So it's good to have one of those guys, if you're creating a perfect bench, a backup outfielder, backup infield, backup catcher. He's the guy who plays infield and outfield. But it's too much action to be a backup in left field and right field, besides from center field because of his speed. Since the Sox like him, they like Tyler Saladino, and they like Sanchez. The three of them are essentially utility players. And that means there's no room on the roster for Charlie Tilson or Ryan Cordell or even a Jacob May. There's no room for anybody to do that. So this is the reality. The Sox are playing Demonico in left field because they think his bat is great. But they also think Sanchez is great. Fine, Sanchez is great, contact hitter. If you're going to continue to use Sanchez, bat him leadoff or second because he's going to make a lot of contact. He's going to be swinging for the fences. He would make more sense in the leadoff spot or the second spot. Wellington Castillo is a great pickup. He's not going to win a gold glove or silver slugger, but he's one of the middle-of-pack catchers who can catch and he can hit. And he's, it's going to be very good to have this veteran catching the young pitchers that we're going to have this year. And even in the future, if he said he's buddies with Manny Machado, we may want to recruit him to come over to the White Sox, which is another future thing. Now, Anderson had a sophomore slump, 
So maybe he'll bounce back. That's the hope. Because he has too much talent not to, you know, bounce back. And the White Sox bullpen, on the other hand, that's the thing that's going to hold them back. Yeah, the Sox are not competing, but Joaquin Soria is the veteran they got in trade, and they have Nate Jones and Cummins, and they have Danny Farquhar. Now, the hope is maybe Soria, Farquhar, they pitch really well. Maybe Hedder Santiago pitches well in the bullpen, you know, and Bruce Rodon, Robbie Ross Jr., Gennaro Gomez, and Xavier Sedano, veterans they signed him on the deals who have been previous closers or specialists or just set-up men, will pitch in the bullpen this year, and they'll trade them. They're going with, they went, they're going with Gregory Fonte, Juan Minaya, and Bummer. The three of them have shown they can't be, they can't pitch to major league pitchers. They're they're hitters. They can't hit, they can't pitch them, man. They need to get rid of them and try the actual veterans. They're like, oh, they're not competing. Well, it's very demoralizing for a young pitcher like Lopez, Julio, or Fulmer if they pitch six or seven innings and their bullpen just coughs it up because they don't have anybody. You know that's why you need people to to hold it down. And like if they didn't have Gonzalez and they didn't have Giolito. I mean, Gonzalez or Shield, you would put Santiago rotation. But again, they're not doing that because they, they have these veterans. So the White Sox this year are not going to be in last place. They're not going to compete for the playoffs, but they're going to be competitive based on their starting pitching and some of their position players, especially their power hitters. The bullpen's going to be a work experiment all season long. And the only thing that Sox fans can hope for is trading these veterans that are on the team for prospects and Michael Kopech comes up and pitches great for them. Eloy Jimenez comes up and plays amazing in the outfield, and so on. All these young guys that we have on the roster. Now, the team that will finish in last place is going to be the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers are clearly the worst team in the division, and one of the three worst, they're going to be one of the three worst teams in the whole entire league, you know, especially in the American League. The Tigers always had a bad bullpen, even when they've had Hall of Famers, Joe Nathan, future Hall of Famers, Joe Nathan, K-Rod, Todd Jones, a great pitcher. They've had some great closers. They've had great setup men. Problem is, they didn't do anything to fix their bullpen. They have the same one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, essentially from last year. And the only difference is Sean Green, formerly the Yankees and formerly a Tiger starting pitcher, converted to a reliever, is now the Colder just based on default. So they're not doing anything to try to win in their bullpen's sake. And the Tigers are paying Jordan Zimmer all this money. That's one thing they're going to start him. But they went and got Mike Fires, who's been a back end, and Francisco Liriano has been good in years. The only benefits of having those two pitchers are if they pitch well enough, the Tigers flip them, help their rebuild. The, the, the things that don't help them are Matt Boyd, Michael Fulmer, and Daniel Norris aren't all in their rotation like they should be. You should be trying to pitch your three young pitchers if you're in a rebuild mode, but they're not doing that. And it's bad for Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez. Cabrera, the future Hall of Famer, Martinez, this is a great player. They're going to play for a last place and they're going to be trying for the next four, five years. And that's the thing. They don't have any, they don't have the greatest pitching staff in general. Now, the Tigers got himself the honest Martinez, stopped out in center field, fine. You got a guy out there plays defense. The thing is, the Tigers have Mickey Matuk, late bloomer, Jacoby Jones, a man without a position, playing the outfield. And. They're continuing the experiment of Nick Cassianos in right field. Nick Cassianos played left field in the Miley for a couple of years to try to get his bat to the major leagues because they had Prince Fielder and Miguel Cabrera's Martinez, so there's nowhere for him. So you've got to give him some slack how he's not the world's best defensive third baseman. But so far, last year's sample size, and even this year, has not proven that he's going to be a good defensive right fielder. You know, maybe take a third baseman, put him in left field. Alex Gordon did it, Ryan Braun did it, Carlos Lee did it. You know, people have done it. But to take a third baseman and put him all the way in right field is a little bit of a stretch. 
okay? It'd be one thing if you're playing him in left field. But what they're essentially doing is like, we're just going to throw away the season, not having a bullpen, having defensive liabilities in right field and left field, and we're going to have offensive, you know, holes at second base, shortstop, third base, you know, the whole entire infield outside of Miguel Cabrera. Like, I'm not insulting Jose Iglesias. He's a world-class defender. Dixon Machado, Machado's younger brother. Manny Machado's younger brother, he could feel like him. The question is, has he been able, has he hit? No, he's proven he hasn't hit in this league yet. Heimer Calendario, he is a man without a position. One of these Cubs prospects everybody listed over the years. So if he's a man without a position, you're like, okay, maybe try it last year in Luke Castellanos. But the new manager, Ron Garner, said, you know what? We're going to continue this dumb experiment and play Calendario at third base. Instead of maybe trying him in second base and keeping Machado as a backup so that, you know, Cassiano plays third base and maybe Calendaro hits like he's supposed to and you play second base and you saw the hole there and now the, the Ian Kinsler is gone. But, of course, nope, they're going with this dumb experiment, taking an all-star caliber hitter, moving to the outfield to accommodate a person who has done nothing in his career. It's one thing to move a player who's been accomplished, like Craig Biggio moved to the outfield for Jeff Kent, you know, and A-Rad moved for Jeter. And, you know, Michael Young moved for, you know, A-Rod, Ian Kinzer, Elvis Andrews. That's fine. But, yeah, this thing is thing doesn't make sense. I think the Tigers are purposely trying to lose by having defensive liabilities in the outfield, offensive questions all around the infield of Sash Cabrera, having no bullpen whatsoever. The only positive thing is James McCann every year gets better and better. He's never going to be the offensive player Brian McCann was, but he's still going to be a very good catcher to have on your team when you're trying to rebuild and you at least have three young pitchers that could potentially be in your rotation. So now that we've talked about the last place Tigers, the White Sox, who are not going to be last place, but they're going to be competitive. We're going to get to the Kansas City Royal, who had a short, brief window of being competitive, being in back-to-back World Series and winning World Series. Now, the issue with the Kansas City Royals is that, it's, is that people thought they were going to be tanking because franchise player Eric Hosmer and all-star center field Lorenzo Cain have left. They did, you know? So the only thing that happens is that they were lucky enough to sign, re-sign Moustakas to one-year deal because nobody wants to give up draft conversation. Nobody wants to give LC's Escobar a contract, so they, they solidify their left side of the infield for now. They have Whit Merrifield, the utility player, came out of nowhere to be their second baseman and leadoff hitter. And they picked up Lucas Duda. Lucas Duda's a nice veteran for his baseman to fill in for Hasmer offensively. And they've signed John Jay to be their center fielder and their leadoff hitter. And, of course, they have the best catch in America League in Salvador Perez. And they have veteran Stuffy, Kennedy, and Hamill. That's three good pitchers, but none are aces anymore. Duffy is their ace. Kennedy was an ace before, but none of them are aces. And unfortunately for them, Jorge Bonifacio, the, the younger brother, but bigger than Mr. Emilio Bonifacio of the um, of utility player all these over the years, got busted for PEDs, and he's out. So Jorge Soler, former Cubs prospect, you know, speaking of another Cubs prospect, who's been injured and hasn't played that much, he's going to get the first opportunity to play right field this year. And it's going to be his chance to prove that he could be an everyday major league player and show that that power. Because if he doesn't, when Bonifacio comes back, he's going to bump him out, or Paul Orlando's going to bump him out. Because Paul Orlando is not a center fielder. He's either going to be your corner guy or a fourth outfielder at best. And in the DH right now, Chester Cuthbert, he's going to show that maybe he can hit the major league level. And when Moustakas will eventually leave it, and not come back next year because, you know, they won't have a draft pick attached to him. He's probably going to take over third base, but he's got to prove that. And, and when Escobar leaves, you'll have Raul Mondeside Jr., so you don't have to worry about him leaving. And then the Royals' bullpen, like, usually is their strength. But this year, it's not really their strength. They still have Kelvin Herrera, who made All-Stars. They have Brandon Myers, who throws 100. And they have Justin Grimm and Blaine Boyer. The rest of the bullpen is a bunch of unknowns and nobodies. The rotation 
is, is okay, one, two, three. But, but Ju Junus and Skoglun are their back-end pitchers. So like, oh, they're not going well. They'll go with youngsters. But they had Willie Peralta and Rick Nolasco in camp this year. They let him go. And they signed Clay Buckle, who didn't play last year. They signed because he was hurt. And they signed Kyle Loesch. And, and the guy who they got in the trade, Jesse Hans injured. So you think, you know, they're not, they have to rebuild and they lost players. They're not going to be competitive. Maybe you pitch Willie Peralta, Ricky Nolasco, Clay Buckles. You know, you flip them. But they're just going with youngsters now, and that's just not good because the bullpen isn't as good as it is to lock down you from the sixth and seventh inning on. It's good enough to lock you down maybe in the eighth inning or the ninth inning, but yeah, the Royals are going to be competitive this year by re signing Mustakis and Escobar, signing Duda. You know, that's going to be a very good thing for them. But the one issue that I have with this team is they signed John Jay, who's been a center fielder ever since Tony La Russa said, you're a center fielder. And every single team he's played on, Cubs, Padres, you name it, played for a, he's played for a handful of teams. He's been their center fielder. He hasn't always been a leadoff hitter, but he's been a contact hitter. So that's why it's benefited him to bat leadoff for a second. So you would think when the Royals signed this guy who's been center fielder for the majority of his whole entire professional career and leadoff, that he was going to do both. But the plan this year is for Alex Gordon to play center field, and that's just... Baffles my mind. We talked about Cassiano's moving right field, and he can't play defense. Well, Alice Gordon is the only example in Major League history of, of a third baseman converting to an outfield position and going, wow, this guy's the greatest defensive left fielder in the baseball right now. And you don't want to ruin that. It's, it's silly. Alice Gordon should not be having to play center field. Alice Gordon is your left fielder. He wins all these gold gloves. The thing that makes the most sense is if you play John Jay in center field, Okay, and Alex Gordon left field and Soler in right field, and Orlando's your fourth outfielder. That solves every problem you have. Your outfield's going to be set. Your whole entire team has major league players at each position. So you're definitely going to be better than the Tigers, who have a lot of you know, unprofessional players. They have guys who haven't shown what they can do. They're all minor league talent. And the White Sox are also banking on question marks too. So the Royals, well, the Royals potentially could be in third place, but they'll probably be a fourth-place team or even – a third place team. It all depends on how how the White Sox peak this year and how the Royals fit this year. The team that's going to clearly win the division, compete for a World Series, and maybe even topple the Astros and get to the World Series and face the National League winner is going to be the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians have the number one rotation in the division. Clearly the number one rotation in the American League outside of Houston. Anytime you got Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Danny Zalazar, Trevor Bauer, Josh Tomlin, and Mike Clevenger as your sixth pitcher, that's going to match up well with anybody. In the playoffs, you're only going to need four. And, of course, they're going to sell Cody Allen and Andrew Miller pitching the last couple innings, Dan Otero, and they signed Matt Belisle to replace Brian Shaw. So that bullpen's going to be great. They could use one more lever, but it's not going to kill them. The thing that's going to kill the Cleveland Indians from ever being a World Series champion or getting back to the World Series, they have that long drought since the 1940s and they lost to the Cubs in those that epic Game 7, is going to be injuries, okay? Last year, Bradley Zimmer was injured. Michael Brantley is always hurt. Jason Kipnis is always hurt. And Jan Gomes is always hurt. Now, for now, Bradley Zimmer and Tyler Naquin are getting opportunities to play the outfield because Brandon Geyer can't stay healthy. And Lana Chisholm, again, let's get back to this. A third baseman converted to play the outfield. He's playing right field. They also signed Rajai Davis. So Rajai Davis, Tyler Naquin, and Brandon Guy are great, you know, backups to have it because you want Lonnie Chisinau to be a right fielder and you want Bradley Zimmer in center field and you want Brantley. You also want Kipnis to play every day because he's that good offensively because you already have talented players in Lindor and Jose Ramirez and 
one of the best DH of baseball, Edwin Encarnacion, batting cleanup. They also lost Carlos Santana, speaking of good first baseman. They, they nicely signed Yonder Alonso, who has quietly become a better power hitter, but he's still going to be the contact average, good defensive first baseman. So quietly, their lineup, if, if it's a full strength, is a very, very good lineup. If Zimmer, Naquin, and Gomes are your th the three worst hitters you potentially have. Uh, my only concern with this team is the Lindor Kipnis 1-2 leading off. Maybe you have no other option, but Naquin and Zimmer should get an opportunity maybe to become a leadoff hitter. You've got Roger Davis, who used to be a stolen base leader. Maybe bat Michael Brantley third, because they're a little bit high in Jose Ramirez. Maybe bat him lower, maybe bat him second. You know, just little tweaks. And my other concern is John Gomes, he's an enigma. Wins a silver slug. Everybody goes, well, that's surprising. He's a much better defensive player. John Gomes should be up for a gold glove. No, 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 he's just a good hitter. But the only thing that's going to hold the Cleveland Indians back this year from winning a World Series is health. And they've already been tested by it with Salazar starting the year in the DL, Brandon Geyer and Michael Bradley starting the year DL, and Lonnie Chisnell getting hurt again. And for them, an important backup player in Giovanni Urshela, who plays Gold Club caliber defense, he started the year in the DL. So it definitely will be the Cleveland Indians coming out of this division. The Minnesota Twins will be one of the teams competing for the wild card with whoever doesn't win the American League East. That could be the Red Sox or Yankees. It can be the Blue Jays or Orioles. And the teams in the West, it could be Rangers, it could be Angels, it could be Mariners, because the Astros are going to run away with that division. Tigers will be a last-place team because it looks like they're not trying on purpose. They're trying to tank and have the worst record possible. The Royals are not trying to tank. They, they re-signed two of their core players. They signed a couple good players. The White Sox have really good talent on the roster now and a lot of good talent coming. And the Twins are going to be a wild-card team. And the thing about the Twins is the issue with the Minnesota Twins has always been this issue, is that they never have enough pitching whatsoever. And the Twins have always been good at producing position players. Max Kepler has become an all-around player. Byron Buxton's won a gold glove. Eddie Rosario's a power hitter. Dozier's found his power. Mauer's been better than you would have thought after moving to first base. And Gal Sano, if he stays healthy, is a premier power hitter. While Logan Morrison is a good DH pickup for them because he had 40 home runs last year. And Castro's a middle-of-the-pack catcher who can catch and he can hit. The thing always holding the Twins back is, is the pitching. Now this year, they have youngsters Jose Perrios in the rotation. They traded for Jake Odorizzi, gave up nothing to get him, and signed Lance Lynn, and still have consistent pitcher Gibson. And I know that Irvin Santana feels he was both started the year in the DL. But right there, the Twins did what they were supposed to do. They got themselves Lynn Odorizzi to help their rotation. They signed Fernando Rodney, Addison Reed as a closer setup man combination, and signed Zach Duke as a lefty specialist. Now, the Twins did what everybody should be doing. In the offseason, you fix what's wrong with you and not what's, you know, What's the best player out there? The only blow to them is they lost Jorge Polanco to a suspension for PED. So Eduardo Escobar, their number one utility player, is going to be a starting shortstop. Now, he can field his position, but he hasn't been the world's greatest hitter. But outside of that, if your concern is Escobar is not the world's greatest hitter, Buxton hasn't shown he can hit a major level, and Kepler and Castro have been inconsistent. That's one thing. The only problem I have with this lineup is the Dozier Mauer leading off and batting second. Dozier hit 30 to 40 home runs the last couple of years. You want that as your leadoff hitter? Okay. Maybe try Kepler. Maybe try Buxton or Escobar, you know. But, hey, I'm not Paul Molitor. That's Paul Molitor's decision. But, yeah, that's, that's the problem is maybe try them in the line spot. Don't just keep moving Buxton from leadoff to seventh to fifth. 
you know. But yes, the Twins are going to be a real threat to win a wild card berth. They're not. They probably won't win the wild card because they're Odorizzi, Lance Lynn, and Irvin Santana are not aces, and they're going to be matching up with aces like Chris Sale or Luis Severino. You know, so that that's going to be an issue. So yeah, in conclusion, Tigers last place team not trying. White Sox and Royals, based on the talent they signed and based on the talent they have, will be fighting to not, to, to not finish fourth and maybe finish third between the two of them. This Minnesota Twins team is definitely going to finish second and could be for a wild card berth. And the Cleveland Indians, with their pitching staff and, the, and their overall lineup, is going to be competing for the American League Championship this year. Chicago Cubs are going to be the favorite to win the division this year and the next couple of years because Chicago Cubs clearly have the best roster of the whole entire division in terms of talent that's going to win it right now. The Cubs have Kyle Schwarber, who hits home runs. Jason Hayward plays great defense in right field. Chris Bryant, who's won MVP. Anthony Rizzo plays like an MVP. Gold Glove caliber shortstop Addison Russell and Javi Baez, and they got Wilson Contreras, and they even have Wilson, and they even have. Ben Zobrist, who's been an all-star and won a multiple World Series on the roster. They got talented Almora, Albert Almora. They got Ian Happ, who can hit. That's the problem for the Cubs. They have way too many position players for a National League team. That if you want to play Ian Happ and Schwerber to have your best offensive lineup, that means Zobrist doesn't play, and that means Almora doesn't play because they want to play Baez. So that means Zobrist is a backup. And they have Lestella on their teams. They got a lot of position players on their roster right now. That's not their issue. The Cubs' issue is going to be their pitching staff, which may hold them back from getting back to the World Series or winning it. Because clearly, they didn't win back-to-back -back World Series because they, the, the Dodgers were clearly better than them. Now, last year, the Cubs had Arietta and John Lackey in their rotation. Well, guess what? John Lackey, as of right now, hasn't been signed. Jake Arrieta signed with the Phillies. Now, the Cubs did sign Hugh Darvish, but Hugh Darvish had a horrible World Series. Tipping pitches, his arm angle. Hope is maybe Jim Hickey may help him out. But he, again, he's on a decline. He's had injury problems. Lester's on a decline. Hendricks has had injury problems. Well, the Cubs are going to rely on Lester, who's another year older. Hugh Darvish, another year older. And Kyle Hendricks. Jose Quintana is considered the fourth pitcher in the rotation, but Jose Quintana is probably their most consistent and best pitcher. He's an ace on any team, okay? He may be the key to get them to the playoffs and maybe even get as possible as you can in the world in the playoffs. Then they decided, you know, the fifth spot is going to go with Tyler Chatwood, who's never been healthy. And let's sign Drew Smiley to a junior deal who pitched incredible Team USA last year, but then got hurt with the Mariners and never pitched a single game for them. Yeah, he may pitch this year. He may not pitch next year. Instead of giving Mike Montgomery an opportunity to start, who's never got an opportunity to start, but shows the potential. So that's what the Cubs are doing. They're taking Arietta Lackey say goodbye, putting in Chatwood, and putting in Smiley eventually. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a really good idea to do that with their pitching staff. Now, they're both, on the other hand, lost former closer Rondon. They cut Justin Grimm. You know, when Davis became a free agent. So they said, you know, we'll sign Brandon Morrow who was a very talented starting pitcher with the Blue Jays and Padres, but finally converted to reliever a couple of years ago. And the Dodgers used him. He had an incredible year, but overused him to him be the closer. Okay? They signed Steve Chiswick, former Cardinals Marlins closer, but he's not being their closer. They just signed to be a setup man. 
They still have Justin Wilson, who's been a Tiger at closer and a Pirates closer. And they still have Pedro Stoff and Carl Edwards and Brian Dunsing. Joe Madden is a smart person. He and Jim Hickey figured out how to create a bullpen out of nothing in Tampa Bay. So taking Brandon Morrow, taking Carl Edwards Stewart, Pedro Strop, and taking, you know, Justin Wilson and Brian Dunsing, Chizik, they may figure out a way, but if the Cubs are smart, if they say, you know what, we have Montgomery, we have Chatwood and Smiley, that's enough pitching for the fifth spot. The Cubs may need to get themselves a lockdown closer or a great setup man. And the only way they're going to do this is they trade one of the position players. And Zobris is more likely to be traded than Almora or Happ or Schwerber, but that's still a potential for Zobris to be traded. Because one way that's going to fix their bullpen problem. Because I don't have confidence in Brandon Morrow closing games out. I do have confidence in Chiswick or Wilson, but not that much. The Cubs have had Chapman and Wade Davis in back-to-back years. You know, the Cubs need an actual lockdown closer. Their lineup's going to carry them. Lester and Darvish are going to be good pitchers, but it's really going to be Quintana and Hendricks that carry them. So maybe they trade for starting pitcher, but they definitely need a lockdown closer and a setup man. Now, Almora Jr. should get the opportunity to play every day, but they want Ian Happ's bad in the lineup, and they want Kyle Schroeder's bad in the lineup. So that's the only way it's going to happen, is the Cubs trade a position player so that everybody gets to play, and they get themselves a lockdown closer or a good starting pitcher. And the other issue is Wilson Contreras, you don't want it to break down. As Yadi Molina and Salvador Perez have been doing the last couple of years, you need a very good backup that you trust to play a day or two a week. And maybe throw Contreras at first base or left field. And no offense to Victor Caratini, nothing on him, but you need a veteran backup who you know is going to go out there every day and you can rely on him. It's a little bit too many questions. That's, that's the only nitpicking is the cat backup catcher situation and the fact they're going with a four-man bench because they said, well, Zobers can play it everywhere, Lestel can play all of the infield. Half can play everywhere. Schwarber's a catcher who's playing left field. And Garcia can play first base. Bias can play shortstop. You know, they probably would probably need another utility player, but that's just me. Now, the Cubs' nemesis, the St. Louis Cardinals, are, a real, are more of a threat this year than they are last year because they finally decided, you know what, Randall Gritchick, Stephen Piscotty, they're injured too much. They're not center fielders. We need to get rid of them. You know, let's gets kids something really good. And they go out and trade Marcelo Zuna, who just came off a gold glove, silver slugger season, all-star caliber player, who's a natural born right fielder with a cannon arm, who's played great defense center field for Miami the majority of the time he was there because Stanton was in right field. He's going to be their left fielder. That's my only little bit of an issue with the Cardinals outfield alignment is Ozuna's been a, won a gold glove in left field, but he is a natural born right fielder with a cannon. You play him in right field. You move Dexter Fowler to the left field. Dexter Fowler's never been that great defensive outfielder. He's never been that perfect left He's more of a spark plug who just starts the offense. Because there's a reason why he re-signed with the Cubs for a second season and then go to Baltimore. Baltimore offered him a multi-year deal to be a right fielder. He said, no, I'm not a right fielder. The Cubs are like, you want to play corner? He's like, no, I'm on center. And they finally convinced him to play right field, but I think he should be in left field because Tommy Pham has emerged as a late bloomer who got passed up by all the other players. He's going to be in center field? Fine. Then Gazuna would be better off to be in right field, but that's just me. Now, the other issue is the Cardinals are, like, really lying. They're like, yeah, sure, Matt Carpenter's going to be the everyday first baseman. We don't want to move him from first, second, third. Move him all over the place. And that's why Matt Adams last year had to play left field. But then eventually Matt Carpenter did move all around. And this year, Jose Martinez, who had passed up Tommy Pham years ago as the, you know, as one of the outfields on the roster, was playing games in center field last year. And for most of the season, the plan is, yeah, we're going to play him at first base. Yeah, that makes sense. Your backup outfielder who played most, mostly center field last year is going to play games at first base. You know what that does? 
And he takes away bats from Jed Jerko at third base, who's hit 20-plus home runs and, and was a starter in San Diego. And he takes away bats from Colton Wong. You know, you need more bats to be consistent. So that's the only thing. It's like, Jose Martinez should be backing you up in the outfield. And Matt Carpenter, again, fine, play my first base as much as possible. But Colton Wong and J- Jed Jerko deserve to play every single day possible. Now, you thought the Cardinals were going to go with Carson Kelly because he's a, this great prospect. They said, you know what? We're going to go with Francisco Pena. They got him with a guy who's been a career journeyman, backup minor league catcher, who doesn't really go, wow, i got to give Molina more days off. No, they needed a catcher that will give Molina more days off as he gets older. But again, their lineup is still pretty good. Dexter Fowler, Tommy Pham, Matt Carpenter, Yadier Molina, Paul DeYoung, Marcel Zuna, Colton Wong, Jet Jerko. It's not a bad lineup. It's really not a bad lineup. The rotation is Martinez, who's their best pitcher. It has Michael Walker, who's been inconsistent but is a good pitcher, and veteran pitcher Adam Wainwright. The only problem with the rotation is they're going with Luke Weaver and Mike Mikolas in general. They're going with a bunch of young pitchers to round it out, which is okay, fine. But you have Bud Norris, who's been a successful pitcher in Houston and Baltimore, you could potentially use. Because the rest, because in general, the Cardinals' bullpen doesn't make me go, wow, that's amazing. They have Luke Gregerson, who they signed. Yeah, he's going to be our closer, but he's been a setup man. And they signed Greg Holland late in camp, who had 40-plus saves last year, who was a comeback player of the year. So on paper, if Greg Holland's closing games out for you, Luke Gregerson's your setup man. Brett Cecil is in your bullpen as a lefty specialist. And Dominic Leone, who's a journeyman who's been around the block before. And you're using Bud Norris as a multi-inning reliever. It's a good bullpen because the rest of the Cardinals' bullpen is a bunch of starting pitchers that don't fit in the rotation or cast-offs, you know. That, that's their bullpen. So that's why it doesn't really, you know, put a bunch of fear into, into me. But, man, when, if Greg Holland, Luke Gregerson, Bud Norris, Brett Cecil are your four best relief pitchers, that's not a bad thing. So the Cardinals definitely improved their bullpen this year by getting Bud Norris, Luke Gregerson, and Greg Holland. Now, it's not going to be enough to compete with the Cubs' offense, nor is their rotation is better than the Cubs. The Cubs have four good starters, not just two, maybe three. And their bullpen may have all-star closer, all-star setup man, and, former, and Bud Norris and Brett Cecil, but it's not good enough to be better than the Cubs team overall, which is why the, the Cardinals will be competing with another team in their division just to finish second place and to, to claim one of the wildcard spots in the National League, which is going to be difficult. Because Milwaukee Brewers said, you know what? We had multiple seasons where we were in first place for a lot of time, and we just collapsed. So this is what we do. We go bring back Lorenzo Cain. We used to have years ago, we traded in the... Zach Gerke trade. He's going to solve our problem. Having a real center fielder in our lineup because Carlos Gomez was our last center fielder and we got rid of him. And Domingo Santana is not a center fielder. Utility man Hernan Perez is not a center fielder. So Christian Yellick solved the problem in left in the outfield and left field that they get this great offensive player in left field to contact hitter. They get Lorenzo Cain in center field. And they still have Domingo Santana, Eric Thames, and Ryan Braun. The only problem for the Brewers is Ryan Braun doesn't want to play first base, nor should he. He played right field for multiple seasons because Chris Davis was in left field. He should be in right field, and some and, and Domingo Santana should be a trade candidate, okay? Because Eric Thames is, was incredible last year, first back season from from overseas. He's comfortable playing first base. You have Aguilar as a pinch hitter off the bench, and they even had Choi off the bench. So the Brewers have a lot of position players, and Travis Shaw is even a first baseman who's actually playing third base, circa like Kevin Euclid's because there's no room at first base, and he hits 20-30 home runs. So if Shaw hits 20-30, Eric Thames hits 20-30, Lorenzo Cain puts up double digits, Yelich puts up double digits, and Braun and Santana hit 15-20. to 
Cardinals lineup is going to be great. And that doesn't even get to the catching. Stephen Vogt's been a veteran catcher as an all-star and a, and a better hitter. And when he comes off the DL this year, you're going to have a good offensive catcher. And the other thing for the Brewers is, unfortunately, Jimmy Nelson's going to start the year in the DL, and he's been one of their most consistent pitchers. But when Jimmy Nelson comes back, you pair him with Chase Anderson and Zach Davies. That's a pretty solid 1-2-3 of young, up-and-coming pitchers. And they sign veteran Yulish Sassin. That's a good veteran to sign. Good back-end guy, pitch innings. And they even signed Wade Miley to Miley Deal, but he's starting the year in the DL. Imagine a rotation of Zach Davies, Jimmy Nelson, Chase Anderson, Yulish Sassin, and Wade Miley. Yeah, you're scrapping, you know, three young guys who are up and coming and two longtime veterans who have been somewhat successful. That's pretty good. The Cardinals bullpen has question marks. Right now the Brewers are relying on young pitchers Suter and they're relying on Junior Guerra. But for, for, for towards the second half of the season, their rotation is going to be so much better than it is currently, and that may put them over the top with the Cardinals. Their bullpen, on the other hand, Corey Canelo came out of nowhere last year to be an all-star. He's, gonna, he's the closer. They still have Jeremy Jeffries, who closed games for them in Texas as a setup man. They signed Matt Albert, who had a very good run in Washington and pitched for the White Sox, another team, in your bullpen. And they signed Boone Logan. So right there, you signed Boone Logan, you signed Matt Albert. That's pretty good. And you have Corey Canelo, Jeremy Jeffries. And they still have Oliver Drake, who they got from, you know, the Orioles. He's been around the block. And they like youngsters. They like Josh Hader in their bullpen. And they like uh, Jacob Barnes guy. And the other thing is... The Rays just cut all their relievers that are good. And the Brewers, so the Brewers have Dan Jennings and Boone Logan, two lefty specialists. That's pretty good to have two veteran lefty specialists in a bullpen and also have veteran setup man in Alberts, veteran closer in Jeff, Jeremy Jeffries. And you got Corkin Evans, an all-star last year. And you got Oliver Drake, who's been around the block. That bullpen is just sounding like it's a much better bullpen. Last year is better than the Cardinals. That potential. So the potential of their five-man rotation, the potential of their bullpen when healthy, and the potential of their lineup is amazing. The only problem I have is they decided that Eric Sokar is going to be the starting second baseman. And even if Jonathan VR is the starting second baseman, they've been trying out lineups that have Lenzel Kane leading off, you know, Eric Thames leading off, which makes no sense. Jonathan VR has been a stolen base leader on multiple seasons. He should be batting leadoff. I've been saying for years, Lorenzo Cain, maybe he's better suited as a leadoff hitter, but Lorenzo Cain should be batting second. Christian Yellow should be batting third because he makes more contacts on a power guy. Ryan Braun should be your cleanup hitter, and Eric Thames and Travis Shaw should be batting fifth and sixth. Wow. And then if Stephen Vogt's healthy, he's seventh. And, and, and Orlando Arcia, who's trying to prove himself as a major league hitter, that's a pretty good lineup if Arcia is your last hitter because you're having a stolen base guy lead off. But hey, for now, if you're going to have Lorenzo Cain lead off, that's fine. Just that line of think about that. That line pretty darn good for the Milwaukee Brewers, okay? And we're saying second half of the season, if rotation of bullpens at full strength and lineups at full strength, and even if they traded Domingo Santana, let's say, and they got themselves an all-star caliber second baseman, you know, then their lineup would have no holes in their lineup. Or if they got, like, another setup man, that'd be pretty good. Or even if they get themselves, like, another starting pitcher, even though I think the rotation in the second half is going to be great. Now, everybody was saying, oh, the Pirates traded their best pitcher, Garrett Cole, who's been injured and inconsistent. Oh, Andrew McCutcheon's been declining and injured. Yeah, yes, they did. But they still have one of the better lineups in baseball. Starting Marte gets an opportunity to play center field all year. Gregor Polanco gets an opportunity to play right field all year. And these guys are five caliber players. Defense, speed, arm, arm in the outfield, power, hitting for contact, stealing bases, driving in runs. They're the feature of your team. And they get the chance to prove it this year. 
Because last year, Marte got a PED suspension and Polanco got hurt. Now, the Pirates also got Corey Dickerson. And speaking of the Rays earlier, they just designated for assignment. He got picked up. They worked out a trade. And the Rays released that reliever anyway that the Pirates gave them. So Dickerson was an all-star DH last year. He proved in Colorado he could be a great hitter. Just wasn't a great left fielder. The Rays last year used him at first base. They used him in left field. He used DH. Yeah, he's going to be playing left field. But the Pirates were going to go with an infielder, two infielders, and a bunch of veterans, they signed to minor league deals. And they got and they lucked themselves into Corey Dickerson. So a lineup that has Marte, Polanco, Dickerson, and an outfield. That dude was the all-star DH last year. He's a 20-40 to 40 home run guy, 75-90 to 90 RBI guy, and almost puts the ball in play all the time. That's definitely one of the best outfields in baseball. And their infield is not shabby. Josh Harris has made an all-star team. He's a great leadoff hitter. Jody Mercer has been a solid everyday shortstop. So you don't have to worry about that position. He bats in the bottom of your lineup. Maybe you bat him second. And Josh Bell last year playing first base for the first time in his career full season because he's a former third baseman outfielder type of guy. A guy who can't really feel this position at, you know, third base and if, or in the outfield. Like, he gets to be a power threat in the middle of your lineup playing first base for a second season. So he's just going to get more bats and figure out the league. And David Freeze is a great veteran player. Plays good defense, hits. He'll play some games at first base. He'll play some games at third base. And then the Pirates trade to trade Garrett Cole away. They got this Colin Moran guy who got hurt last year. And he's supposed to be this great player. But the Astros had, they have their infield set. They have their outfield set. They trade him. So the Pirates may have lucked themselves into a potential every, a cornerstone everyday player at third base. An all-star left fielder. And you think, yeah, they're going to be giving it away. And they still have David Freeze. So, you know, Moran, David Freeze, Josh Bell, good combo. Great middle infield. And Cervelli has been a starting catcher for a while now. He's a good catcher. The thing that's going to get the Pirates as why they're not going to actually be be a, a playoff team is Ivan Nova's their veteran. But Ivan Nova is okay. He's not an ace. They got vet, they got youngsters Tyone who a lot more experience this year and Trevor Williams. They got Glasnow. They got Chad Cool and Stephen Brault. These guys have been around the block. The thing for them is they also got Joe Musgrove who pitched pretty well last year for the Astros in that trade. So they got a their rotation is basically going to be all youngsters and. And people will say that they may be tanking. So, yeah, if they tank and they trade a Harrison or a Mercer or Freeze or a Von Nova, you know, that makes sense. That's the thing. Their rotation is going to be all young, and that's going to hold them back this year. Their bullpen has, you know, Felipe Rivero. He's one of the best closers in baseball, like for real. Felipe Rivero throws 100. The Nationals feel like they made a mistake by, you know, giving him up in that trade for, you know, Mark Melanson because, you know, he throws heat. He's a lockdown closer. So, you know, that's, that's the type of thing, that they have a lockdown closer that will help them. And they got veteran George Conto. They got Michael Feliz in the trade. Their bullpen, you know, has a bunch of starting pitchers, some random people. So, yeah, the pitching staff is going to hold them back because of inexperience and not a great team to get to Felipe Rivero. But that still doesn't mean the Pirates are tanking. They're actually trying, you know. So they'll be competitive based on one of the best outfielders, one of the best infields. And they also have great young talent in their starting rotation. And they have a great closer. So, And they still have Ivan Nova, so it's not a bad thing for this team. And Sean Rodriguez and Adam Frazier, they play everywhere. They're good backups. This team is definitely not going to be great this year because the Cardinals Brewers got better and the Cubs are amazing so they're 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 just going to finish fourth and that's just fine because that's just how the divi- their division lines up and last but not least is the Reds 
the Reds have all this talent, but again, they got to get through all this problems of being in the wrong division. They have leadoff hitter Billy Hamilton, who's always out for a gold glove. If he put the ball in play, he'd be probably like Vince Coleman, Willie McGee, those guys who would steal 50 to 100 stolen bases because they'd, if they're good hitters, they're going to get a base more often. And they have Adam Duvall, who's been an all-star, who's 23 home runs. And they have Scott Shevler, who's put 20-plus home runs ever since he got the opportunity to play right field. That's a pretty good outfield. It's up and coming. Now, they, of course, they have Joey Votto, one of the 10 best players in the league. He does everything offensively perfect. And Jose Peraza, who the Dodgers and Braves had, gets a full opportunity this year to play natural born position shortstop because they had Zach Cozart. He, if he gets an opportunity to play shortstop all year and show that he can play shortstop too and he's been a good hitter, that's another thing. And they have Eugenio Suarez, who's played a great defense third base, being a natural born shortstop. He's also been a great hitter. He's an up-and-coming two-way player that people don't know about. Tucker Barnard won the gold glove last year. Not Yadier Molina, not Buster Posey, not Wilson Contreras. He won the gold glove. So you have the reigning gold glove winner as your catcher. And now with that, Kozer gone and Peraza shortstop. Scooter Jeanette, who was the everyday second baseman in Milwaukee, gets opportunity to play every day. And they have Cliff Pennington and Phil Gosselin, two of the better backup infielders. So this team's set there. Jesse Winkler, you know, and Philip Irvin, those are good backups too. And Mazarasco, who's been hurt every single year as a backup. But as a pinch hitter, it's good to have him in the lineup. Another reason the Reds are good, besides pitch players, is on paper, Homer Bailey is great. He hasn't been healthy. And he's a funny. He's been great, but he's been injured. And you got Brandon Finnegan. Those three on paper, that's a great rotation. They also have great youngsters in Luis Castillo, Sal Romano, and, Mike, and Michael Lorenzen, and they got a rookie Davis and Amir Garrett. They got all these young starting pitchers they can use. Problem is, most are hurt, and some are in the bullpen because their bullpen hasn't been great over the years. Their bullpen, on the other hand, has Raciel Iglesias and Michael Lorenzen as their one-two punch. They can pitch multiple innings, be like firemen because they both were starters and, and they both were in the open day rotation just a couple seasons back until they got hurt. And they said, you know what, we'll just make him reliever. They got themselves veteran Jared Husebra on the block before, and they also got themselves David Hernandez in their bullpen as well. And they got Kevin Quackenbush. So when you have Jared Husebra on the block, Quackenbush who's closed some games out for the Padres, and you also have yourself David Hernandez who's been a closer in your, on your team, they did a good job of getting themselves some veteran reliever for this bullpen because of all the injuries to the rotation and then having to use a lot of young pitchers and they're not going to go six or seven or eight innings and their bullpen's been banged up. You know, so they, they get a good job in that. That their bullpen's got some veterans and since they're not going anywhere, they go and flip the veterans. That's the thing. So the Reds and the Pirates. The Reds are going to be in rebuild mode, rebuild mode for a while. And the Pirates are somewhat rebuilding, but the Pirates still have a great lineup, and the Reds still have a great position players, and the Reds, when healthy, have a great pitching staff as a whole. So the two of them are going to be not as good as the Cubs, but this potentially will probably be the best division in terms of talent. The Reds will still be a last-place team. The Pirates will be in fourth place just because the Brewers and Cardinals are playoff-caliber teams that are going to be fighting with each other for the one of the wild-card spots. I don't think they're going to get both because the Mets and the Phillies are competitive this year in the East and the Giants are better than last year. And the last two and last year's wildcard teams were the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. So that's there, right there. Three in the West, two in the East. And that it's going to be the Brewers and Cardinals killing each other for that second place and for one of the wild cards. And the Cubs clearly win the division. But the question is how far they go in the playoffs without a better pitch, without a better rotation, and without a good bullpen and a closer. But no, by no means is the Nash is nationally essential purposely trying to lose. They're really talented this year.
The Yankees and Red Sox have always been fighting with each other in the AL East every single year. And they did that again this offseason. The Yankees said to themselves, we have this nice young outfield in Clint Frazier. We're paying Jacoby Ellsbury and Brett Gardner money. And we have Aaron Hicks, who came out last year, played really well. And we have the reigning rookie of the year in Aaron Judge. But yeah, let's go trade for Giancarlo Stanton in front of the Marlins, who was the reigning MVP to DH. When th- there could be any possibility of anybody on the Yankees roster to DH, well, guys, do you sign off the scrap beat the DH? The Red Sox currently have the best outfield in baseball. You have Jackie Bradley Jr., who can easily win the gold glove. Mookie Betts, who's won a gold glove and almost won the MVP, but might try to beat him out. And Andrew Benintendi was a runner-up in Rookie of the Year because Aaron Judge just ran away with it. That's what those teams shared in common. They both had great outfield and numbers of, or a number of outfielders that they could potentially have used. But they went and got outfielders who may not be the best defensive player. J.D. Martinez certainly is not a great right fielder. And Stanton's just okay in right field. And the two of them, the difference is Stanton's on a contract for a long time already. And he had to give up players to get him, but he's younger and Martinez is older. And all he had to give was a draft compensation. And you don't have to even give up a draft compensation because he was traded at the deadline. So all you do is to pay him all this money. And the thing that's similar about the Red Sox-Yankees is their lineups are both great. The Yankees, even if Gregory Bird is on the DL and he missed most of the year, the Yankees still have good options at first base. The Yankees did make a hole at second base when trading Starlin Castro to get Stanton, and they let Todd Frazier leave them in free agency. So they scrambled together and said, you know, we'll go Gabriel Torres maybe, or Anwar, or Ronald Ronald Torres. You know, two young up-and-coming players or a backup to play second or third base because they had a hole of both the things. They lucked into the Diamondbacks having an ex- too many position players and trading Brandon Jury to them, who has played right field, left field, first base, second base, and third base. He now gets to play third base on a regular basis, so maybe his defense will improve because he's going to be consistently at one's play. And they lucked into signing Neil Walker, who uh, people were surprised that nobody signed to play second, third, or first base because the dude's bat is what's important. So the Yankees lucked their way into fixing the hole to second base and third base. The Red Sox knew that Dustin Pedroia we're going to miss the start of the season. So they re-signed Eduardo Nunez, who made an all-star team and can play anywhere on the infield. But they also still had Brock Holt, who can play anywhere on the infield. So they have, the, they have their insurance policy. The Yankees have an emerging shortstop. D. Gregorius to come out of nowhere to be this great offensive shortstop. We already knew he could be a slick defensive player. The thing for the Red Sox is they already had a DH in Hanley Ramirez, and they also re-signed Mitch Moreland. So now Mitch Moreland is relegated to be a bench player, which makes their bench not as flexible as you want it to be. Because Jaden Martinez is DHing, and you don't really have a fourth outfielder. They're relying on Brock Holt and Blake Swire to play back up in the outfield. Blake Swire is a catcher who doesn't really have a position when you have Golgob caliber catcher Kristen Vasquez and veteran San Leon because Mitch Moreland takes up a roster spot. The Red Sox also have an amazing offensive shortstop in Alexander Bogart, while the Yankees have an amazing offensive catcher in Gary Sanchez, who's both of them are young, they're both really talented question is going to be how great a defensive player are they both going to be the Red Sox also have another young talented player in Rafael Devers who came on last year towards the end and he's got incredible power the Red Sox potentially have 20 home run hitters at every single position except for maybe center field and catcher and if Mitch Moreland gets enough at bat you can add that to be another 20 homer guy in the Martinez accord and the Yankees don't the Yankees still probably have the best guy to lead off Brett Garner is a really good leadoff hitter and maybe Ellsberg can lead off the Red Sox still haven't figured out Mookie Betts, he had an MVP season batting third for most of the season. Is he going to be the leadoff hitter? You know, they've been trying that this year a bit, but maybe they take advantage of Eduardo Nunez or Brock Holt playing for them with injuries to their team, or maybe seeing if Andrew Benintendi or even Jackie Bradley Jr. can lead off. I think he's already had that solved in, Jaco- in uh, Brett Gardner. The thing that's really silly for the Yankees is 
is they're not playing, you know, a Neil Walker or Tyler Wade or even Brandon Dury. Or even saying to DJ Gregorius, let's bat them second. Or Aaron Hicks second, because they should be having Brett Gardner always leading off, and they need a number two hitter. You want your lineup to be Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, Dieter Gregorius, and Greg, Greg Bird comes back for now, Neil Walker, Ben and Jury, and you want, you know, the last two in your lineup to maybe, maybe be, you know, the uh, to be your first baseman now if it's Tyler Austin or Tyler Wade playing second base. Maybe they're your number nine hitters, but a lineup that has Stanton, Judge, Sanchez, 3-4-5, Gregorius, 6, Neil Walker, Brandon Jury, 7th, 8th, and your last hitter is your backup first baseman or could potentially be Aaron Hicks batting ninth. That's a great lineup, so it makes no sense that Aaron Judge are, are staying there batting second. Yeah, it's a whole analytical thing, but it should be their, the heart of the lineup. Now, for the Red Sox, it's fine to have Mookie Betts lead off, and it, but with Pedroia being out, Benintendi or Eduardo Nunez should get the opportunity to bat second. Jackie Bradley Jr., he can hit, but he should be batting second. And the Red Sox lineup should always have, if Mookie Betts is leading off, it should be J.D. Martinez and Henry Ramirez and, and Alexander Bogart as a 3, 4, and 5. And then Ben and Tenney, Rafael Devers, and then, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. in your catcher. That's how it should be. Now, the, the Red Sox have three great pitchers. David Price and Rick Rochelle each have won a Cy Young. And Chris Sale is always in contention for right now. But the problem with Chris Sale is he always falls the second half. He doesn't get through full season. He was bad in the playoffs this, this past season. So was Rick Porcello and David Price. has only been good as a reliever. So you think the Red Sox would go and get themselves a Jake Area, Lance Lynn, or Alice Cobb. Arietta has been in the playoffs, won a World Series. Alice Cobb is in Lance Lynn, just a good pitcher. You're like, you know, we got to get somebody for this rotation who's been in the playoffs a good pitch because if you're going to do the David Price in the bullpen again, then you're down one more starter. And the problem for the Red Sox is they have three talented pitchers and Nevada Rodriguez, Drew Pomerantz, and Stephen Wright, but they were hurt last year, and they're also hurt to start the year for the Red Sox. So, again, three talented pitchers who are hurt and three talented pitchers who don't have really great postseason track records. You think they get a pitcher instead of all this money, spending all this money on J.D. Martinez. The Yankees have Tanaka, Severino, and Sonny Gray. Tanaka's always battling some injuries. Sonny Gray's been injured. That's why the A's couldn't trade him until recently. We all know Luis Severino's been a healthy, talented pitcher, but he's pitched in the bullpen and the rotation, and last year was his first year he pitched all year. So the Yankees are a little fragile there, and Sabathia is getting up there in age, and he can't always stay healthy. So you think the Yankees may have gone out and signed one of those starting pitchers, but both teams decided they're going to get a DH who's an outfielder when they have tons of outfielders and they have tons of options on their own roster to be a DH for his baseman. And both teams have talented starters who either can't stay healthy or they falter in the playoffs. Sabathia is probably the only starter the Yankees have who has postseason, is very good postseason experience with Cleveland, Milwaukee, and New York. Now, one big difference between the Red Sox and the Yankees, because we have all these similarities, is that they have Craig Kimball, the Red Sox. He's a great closer. He's got lots of saves in Atlanta before he came to San Diego and Boston. But outside of him, the bullpen is not going, wow, this is great. The Yankees have a four-headed closing potential, a monster in the bullpen. A Rolish Chapman, Dave Robertson, Dylan Batances, and Tommy Conley all could be closers on any other team. And Adam Warren's a talented starting pitcher who's been good as both things. The Red Sox bullpen is relying on Carson Smith, who has been healthy since they got him from Seattle. Tyler Thornburg has been healthy since they got from Milwaukee. And Matt Barnes, who's been consistently good middle reliever. And Joe Kelly, who's a failed starting pitcher. And Heath Hembray. You know, it doesn't inspire great confidence that if the Red Sox really want to win a World Series this year, they may need to get themselves a very good setup, man. Or get them trade for a team's closer and use him as a setup, man. And both the Yankees and Red Sox could use a starting pitcher. Because, you know, the Yankees know for a fact that Tanaka, Severino, 
or Gray or Sabathia can all go down at some point this year. And the Red Sox are first starting the year with three starters going down, and their three starters don't pitch well in the playoffs. But the Red Sox and the Yankees have great lineups, lots of great position players, and really talented overall starting pitchers. The Red Sox are hoping if Blake Swire plays a bunch all over the place, that his bat will turn on. And at the second half of the year, if Pedroia is healthy, this lineup gets even better because then you're asking Eduardo Nunez to be a backup. And, and Pedroia's playing every day, so you're asking a starter to be a backup. So these lineups are stacked. The lineups are stacked. The Yankees have three really talented pitchers. The Red Sox have three talented pitchers and then three other talented pitchers. And each team has a good closer, but the Yankees have more. So what's holding back the Yankees is going to be health because... Jacoby Ellsbury, Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks haven't always stayed healthy. Stanton hasn't always stayed healthy. You know, Walker always hasn't stayed healthy. And this is Brandon Jarrett's first season playing at third base on a regular basis. And for the Red Sox, their catcher Vasquez hasn't been the most healthiest. Either Henry Ramirez hasn't been the most healthy. So it's going to be hell for both teams. But the Yankees and Red Sox could either both use a starter, and the Red Sox could use a reliever or two for this team. So And, and the two of them are just going to be facing each other all year, taking to, trying to take each trying to take each other out, every single possibility that you, you can possibly get. And each team will probably make the playoffs this year as the Yankees will probably be the wild card leader if the Red Sox again win a division. And even if the Yankees don't get Gregory Bird back, they still have enough players that if Neil Walker's playing first base and you call up Andawar or Gabriel Torres to play second base, then you're still not going to be in a bad position. Yankees currently could trade Ellsbury or Hicks or Gardner if they really wanted to, to see to get to get them more pitching. But for now, these teams are the teams to beat in the division. Now, the other two teams that are very similar are the Toronto Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles. Toronto had a bad year last year with tons of injuries. But the Toronto has a 1-5 through five man rotation that the Yankees don't have. When you have Jay Happ and Marco Estrada, Aaron Sanchez, Marco Stroman, and Jaime Garcia. Jaime Garcia has been a middle of the rotation guy while Garcia has been... So he's being their fifth starter when he's been a mid-rotation guy most of his career. Happ has led a rotation before, so has Sanchez and Stroman, and Estrada's been pretty good as a middle guy. So their one through five is solid. It's not overwhelming like the Red Sox Yankees, but it's solid. And every year, Devin Travis gets hurt, and so does Tortilla Whiskey, who's starting the year in the DL. So they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get Yohanerva Salarte and Aldesmi Diaz. Diaz used to be an all-star with the Cardinals in his rookie season, but had a bad year last year, so his stock was down. And Salarte's played every position, second, short, third, first, and left field, so he can cover pretty much anywhere. And Josh Donaldson always hasn't been healthy either. So you get yourself Solarte and Diaz to play in case Travis Tulowitzki or Donaldson get hurt. And you still have this great middle of the lineup with Justin Smoke with his first great productive season. And you still have one of the best DHs in Kendris Morales. Now last year, Batista was on a decline and they were playing Steve Pearson left field, which was a dumb idea. They went to get Granderson, who's not going to win a goal glove in center field or right field, but he's still a good enough outfielder and he's still a good enough hitter. So that's going to be good. And they get Randall Gritchick, who's been down with some injuries and is in center fielder, but they're getting low stock on, Gr- on Randall Gritchick and Osmi Diaz. And they have the potential to be great players. So that's a good thing. And Pilar is a world-class defense center fielder, so Gritchick and Granderson don't have to try to cover everything. The bullpen, on the other hand, Roberto Zuna's great. But veterans Axford, Sungway Ho, and Tyler Clippert have bounced around from teams that haven't been great in a couple of years, especially for O's. It hasn't been good since his first year. Axford has been a closer. He's been bouncing around a setup man, and Clifford's bounced around a setup man. So the Blue Jays, if they're going to be trying to compete, because they could be a surprise team this year if the Red Sox and Yankees keep trying to take each other out, that they can maybe snag a wild card spot. The things that they have to fix is, of course, the bullpen. They may need to get themselves a closer from another team and use them as a setup man or get themselves a much better setup man because a lot of their bullpen pieces are guys you never heard of and don't think you can rely on them and maybe get themselves 
a backup catcher that's better than Luke Malley because Russell Martin should not have to play pretty much every day. You don't want to wear him out. And if, you know, Gritcher gets hurt again or Granderson gets hurt again, having Dalton Pompey and Teoscar Hernandez is good backup because they both are center fielders. The Blue Jays are very similar to the Orioles in the fact that they have a one through five man rotation that is solid, like really solid. It's not overwhelming like the Red Sox or Yankees, but it's solid. When you have Dylan Bundy and Gosman, who are these, these young up-and-coming pitchers who keep getting better every year, and you have Andrew Kasher, who used to be an ace, and Chris Tillman, who was their ace a while ago, and Alex Cobb, who's been the ace in Tampa Bay, they have three former aces and two young pitchers who get better every single year. So like the Blue Jays, one through five, they're going to be so much better than last year because last year they used Jeremy Helgson and every single scrappy pitcher they can get to fill out the rest of the rotation. And they even had a ball to Jimenez and Yovani Gallardo in the past year. And that's the thing. They, they definitely improved the rotation, which is you want to you wanna clap. You want to say good. A team went in the offseason, and they went and got Kashner and Cobb and brought back Tillman. That's good. The Blue Jays went and got Jaime Garcia, and they got Axford and Clifford. And, oh, they're trying, you know. And the Blue Jays outfield was a mess, so they went and got Gritchick. And they got the Granderson in there. Middle infield can't ever stay healthy. Diaz and Talarche great pickups because you can never have too many good infielders if Troy Tulowitzki, Donaldson, and Travis always get hurt. Now, the Orioles always have been really good. Buck Walter, ever since he's got there, the Orioles have like a winning record. They win 70, 90 games a year. But it's always been the same issue. Who's going to play the outfield alongside Adam Jones, who can play great defense, and he's a good middle-of-the-order hitter. So last year, Trey Mancini was a great player as a rookie, great hitter, finished the top five rookie of the year in the American League. The problem is he's not a left fielder. He's a first baseman. But when you have Chris Davis and, and Mark Trumbo, he's going to have to play left field because you want to have his bat in the lineup. Now, the thing that makes no sense is Mark Trumbo starting the year in the DL. So you think, yeah, let's put Trey Mancini at DH and play the Craig Gentry when they signed, to re-sign to a minor league deal and made the team, or play youngsters Rickard or Santana. Rickard didn't make the team. Gentry did. Santana did make the team, but he's not an everyday player. The everyday right fielder this year is Colby Rasmus. So they decided to sign two veterans to play the outfield and be a backup instead of going with the youngsters, Ricker or Santana. But, you know, Colby Rasmus last year took time off, so I don't know where we don't know where he's at. The people playing DH start the year is Pedro Alvarez, who barely has played in the major leagues the last couple of years, and Danny Valencia, a utility player. So the Orioles have some organizational depth in Danny Valencia and Pedro Alvarez, Luis Serginus, and Ruben Tejada in case they have injuries on their team. And the other issue is the Orioles this year, the first year, Manny Child is going to play shortstop all year. That's going to be very interesting to see. Tim Beckham's been a middle infielder most of his career. It's going to be interesting to see him play third base. The Blue Jays and the Orioles always are going to have great lineups with power hitters. The Orioles have so many guys that can hit home runs out of the ballpark. Scope Machado, Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo, Trey Mancini, Adam Jones, and even Colby Rasmus. They can hit the ball out of there at 20-plus home runs. If Alvarez or Valencia play full season, they get a 20 home run. Now the Orioles no longer have Weeders or Wellington Castillo. They're going with Caleb Joseph, who was the been the backup for a year, and they're going with Chan Sisko, their best position player, and they're hoping Chan Sisko takes over and shows how good he is as a major league hitter, and he has 30 home run potential as well, and the Orioles are exactly like the Blue Jays, and they get a great lineup, they got a lot of position players, but their bullpen's an issue, so either you look at it two ways, Zach Britton is a great reliever, he can make that bullpen really good, and they can help them be in contention, or if they're not in contention, you could trade him, but the problem is he's starting the year that the Elf are rupturing his Achilles. And Brad Brack made an all-star team, and Darren O'Day is a great lefty specialist. But he's bounced around from team to team to team. And Michael Givens has been pretty good, but the Orioles' bullpen is not good, and the Blue Jays' bullpen is not good. 
And if they're going to be trying to be competitive at least and try to make the, the wild card spot, they're both going to have to improve their bullpens. If not, the great starting pitching that they have is going to be a little bit faltered. But yeah, the Red Sox and the Yankees are clearly going to win the division and one wild card. But don't be surprised if Baltimore and Toronto win 70 to 80-something 80, 80 games and compete for that second wild card spot because the Red Sox and Yankees are just going to take each other out. The Red Sox and Yankees are doing similar things. The Blue Jays and Orioles are doing similar things. You try to improve your outfield so you get you know, a Gritchick and a Granderson and the Orioles get a Gentry and a Colby Rasmus. And the Orioles get themselves an Alice Cobb and Andrew Kashner and the Blue Jays get themselves a Jaime Garcia and the Orioles get them, and the Orioles also get themselves Pedro Alvarez, Danny Valencia as depth. And they went out and got and Luis Hernandez, Ruben Tejada. And the Blue Jays go out and get Azlesmi Diaz and Hervis Solarte as organizational depth. It's a good idea. The only thing is the Blue Jays went out and got former closers, O, Clippard, and Axford. While the Orioles side, they're going to keep it the same exact way. Now, you're talk, now that we're talking about the two teams that are actually going to make the playoffs and two teams that are going to be competitive and a lot better than people think, we're going to get to the team purposely trying to tank. The Rays said, goodbye, Corey Dickerson. We'll DFA you and then pick up a relief pitcher named Daniel Hudson, who's been pretty good, and just cut him straight out. So we just gave away an all-star DH. The Rockies were stupid to trade him in the first place, but they, have, they had too many position players. And the Rays were like, yeah, we have a certain DH, but we want to lose. Let's get rid of him. And we'll also trade away Evan Longoria finally. And we will pick up the Spans contract to play left field and be the leadoff hitter when we have a gold glove caliber center fielder who's won two gold gloves in Kiermaier and the young Malik Smith who needs an opportunity to play. And they also said, let's sign Carlos Gomez, who's been a center fielder his whole career. So they got so many center fielders, and a lot of them, like Smith, Span, and Kiermaier, are not power hitters. They're just going to make contact. Gomez is the only one who's got 20 home run potential. The Rays also said, you know what, we'll get rid of Casey Gillespie, who can potentially be the starting first baseman for us for a while, and we will get Dan Jennings as a good lefty specialist last year, which made no sense. The Rays weren't even going to be in the playoffs. They've cut Dan Jennings. Surprised they haven't cut Chaz Rose or Sergio Romo yet, but they're trying to probably look to trade him alongside all-star closer Alice Colome. They also cut Evan Shrivener, Dan Runsler, and Dustin McGowan, three relief pitchers who have had major league experience. Because they're like, you know what? We don't want to be competitive. Let's trade, a, let's trade or cut all these guys who have potential. We're going to go with this humongo bullpen full of pitchers we've never heard of. And then we're also going to trade Jake Odorizzi for like one marginal prospect and say, you know what? We don't really care what we get for him. Now, Chris Archer most likely will have a chance to be traded at the deadline. And, you know, the next pitcher in the rotation is Blake Snell. He's a young pitcher. And they got Jacob Fari. And you're like, well, where, where's Matt Andres? No, Matt Andres could be a reliever. Jacob Fargo is going to make the rotation. And Nathan Novaldi, who they signed to a two-year deal, who didn't pitch last year, again, something drawn with his arm. He had Tommy John surgery. He's had multiple procedures. Start, starts, he has started the year in the DL, so not even counting him. So technically, they're going back to like the early 1900s and not even going with a four-man rotation. They're going with a three-man rotation. It's 2018. Angels and other teams are going with a six-man rotation, and you're going with a four-man rotation, and then you scrap Evaldi and not even give you know, Matt Andres or Austin Pruitt or anybody else an opportunity to start. You're just going to kill your... You're like, yeah, we won't kill our bullpen because we're going to just throw as many pitches as possibly can in our bullpen. Now, another issue with the Rays is they said, you know what? Matt Duffy, we're going to scrap this short-top experiment. We traded for Denny Echariva last year, and he can't hit whatsoever. And Matt Duffy, the problem is he can't stay healthy. So guess what? He gets hurt again, but he's the open-day third baseman. Instead of going with Brad Miller, who, it, who can hit 20 home runs a year and have that great power year, who's a middle infielder, who's played some outfielder, He's not going to play second base. And the rationale is maybe Christian Arroyo, who they got in the Evan Longoria trade, is going to play second base. Nope. They're playing Joey Wendell and Daniel Robertson. Robertson is a man without position. He's a utility player. And Joey Wendell was a backup in Oakland. If he wasn't better than Eric Sogard, that doesn't mean he's good enough to be a starting player. 
the one thing that the positive that the Rays did, they picked up CJ Crone, a guy who can't stay healthy and being consistent, but we know he can put the ball over the fence, and he can actually field the first base. Brad Miller has shown that he cannot field the first base. So maybe you're going to DH Brad Miller. That's fine, but it would be much better to DHing your Corey Dickerson and playing Brad Miller second base, CJ Crone at first base. Then you have a good team. They're not even doing that. But it looks like the Rays are perfectly trying to lose when you have a bullpen full of nobodies, a three- or four-man rotation, a bunch of slapstick hitters, who are, and a bunch of backups playing when you shouldn't be even playing them. But most likely, they'll try to trade Denard Span and Carlos Gomez. They play well enough and are healthy. Maybe trade Crone, who they got. Maybe trade Wilson Ramos, who's, who's going to play a full first season, a, a first season with them from, top to, from beginning to end because he missed the first couple of months of last year. They could always try to trade. Archer, as they always do, are Colomate and Romo and Chaz Rowe. So eventually, they're purposely losing by playing guys out of position, going with a humongous bullpen of nobodies, and only going with three or four pitchers. So they're going to be as bad as they were as they were a devil Rays when they first entered the league. They're going to be bad for a while. Joe Madden's no longer there. Andrew Freeman's no longer there. Longoria's no longer there. And before you know it, Chris Archer, probably their best player they have, will no longer be there, and they'll be a doormat for a long time. And this year, the Blue Jays Orioles will try to be competitive because they know that they're not going to be as bad as the last place team. But, but they don't have the sheer top of the pitching, top of the rotation staff. The better closers, because Craig Kimball and Rose Chapman are better than Ozuna and Britton. And also, the Yankees and Red Sox have much better position players and a much better balanced lineup than the Orioles or the Blue Jays have. But the, trust me, the Warriors of Blue Jays could be dark horses to make the playoffs, but we all know the Red Sox and Yankees are going to make the playoffs this year as a division of wild card. It's just probably not going to be enough for them because they don't have enough starting pitching compared to the Indians or the Astros. This is the year. Bryce Harper's final year as a Washington National. That phenom that you see on all the covers, going from being a catcher to being asked to play center field, and then playing left field because Jason Worth was in right field, and he then's been the right fielder. He's had a couple of great consistent seasons, but he's always been hurt. He's won an MVP. This is the year. Yes, the Nationals will still have a great rotation of Strasburg and Scherzer, and they'll still have Adam Eden and Michael Taylor, Anthony Rendon, and Ryan Zimmerman and Trey Turner under contract, but this is the year for the Nationals to try to go past their playoff demons and get to the championship game to, or get to the National League pennant game. They have to do something. They have to get out of the National League, or at least if they lost in the NL Championship Series, you could say, well, they got closer than they used to. Because anybody has a rotation of Steven Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez, Tanner Rorick, and Jeremy Hellickson behind Cy Young winner Max Scherzer, you need to be a much better team. We understand last year that the first half of the season, they had no bullpen, which to speak. Blake Trinan and John Kelly and, and Coda Glover, they all did not work out. So guess what? This year, they get to start a full season of Sean Doodle, Ryan Matson, and Sean Kinsler. I mean, Brandon Kinsler and Sean Kelly. When Doolittle, Matson, and Kinsler had been closed in their career, and you even have jo- Joaquin Benoit, who you signed, who started the year in the DL. Four guys who closed games, and Sean Kelly, who had the experiment last year as your bullpen to start the year. That is so much better than the first half of last year going, yeah, we don't have a bullpen, we keep blowing games. Because you can't waste a great pitching staff like this that even has A.J. Cole as your sixth starter, and you still have Tommy Lowe and Edwin Jackson as AAA depth. So they have like eight starting pitchers technically that they could use, and they have a much better bullpen than last year. So you need to take advantage of the fact that you have a great rotation and a great bullpen this year. And Adam Eaton is back from his in- season-ending injury. Trey Turner and Anthony Rodona, Michael Taylor, and Daniel Murphy and Zimmerman and Weeders all missed time last year. That's going to be the problem for this team is they don't have health. 
So the hope is Bryce Harper stays healthy and he carries this team, and Michael Taylor stays healthy because, yeah, they have a bunch of players who can play the outfield, like Brian Goodwin or Stevenson or Sierra, who they got. But you want to have your best players out there, like Michael Taylor and Adam Eaton every day. You don't want to see Howie Kendrick playing the outfield because that was a dumb experiment the Dodgers did, nor do you want to see Matt Adams playing left field, which was a dumb experiment by the Cardinals and the Braves. You want to see your outfielders play the outfield. You want to see Adam Eaton wreak havoc to your leadoff. You want to see Trey Turner put up the type of numbers he did in his rookie season. You want to see Anthony Rendon, who has become this good two-way player, continue what he's done. And even if Daniel Murphy is starting the year in the DL and misses significant time, Howie Kendrick is still, in my opinion, an everyday player. He's not going to be the guy who racks up lots of hits and bats for high average and competes for a gold glove. But he's still going to be middle of the tier starting second baseman because there's some teams that don't even have a starting second baseman. And having a Howie Kendrick on your team, and if Ryan Zimmerman starts having a Matt Adams, is great. The Nationals had Miguel Montero to start the year, but they said, you know what, we're going to go with Severino. I'm like, well, you could have just done that and saved us all the time on Miguel Montero. Now, the Nationals, I was saying, oh, they got Tommy Malone, Edwin Jackson, H. Cole, but guess what? Joe Rock has come back from his Tommy Johnson he had last year, and that makes them have nine, maybe eight starters that are really good that they could potentially use. Now, getting Helixson is going to really help them because Helixson won Rookie of the Year with the Rays but traded to a team in Arizona that had a huge ballpark. And then he went went to Philadelphia. Who, who I mean, Arizona doesn't have a huge ballpark. Lots of home runs go out there. Same thing with Philadelphia. And he was Philly's eighth because Aaron Nola wasn't ready and this was before Jake Arrieta came this year. And then he was trading to Baltimore and helped Baltimore salvage so, salvage so many games. So if he's your fifth starter and he's been bat- – being considered the one, two, or three in your rotation, and he's your fifth guy, that means your rotation is one of the best in baseball, and your bullpen has four closers in it that it, when Ben Wall comes back, and you know, with Sean Kelly and Coda Glover, and, they, and when they're both healthy and Trevor God's healthy, that's a great bullpen. So they're going to have a great rotation and a great bullpen. The thing that's going to hold back the Nationals is will their position players like Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, Adam Eden, Michael Taylor, and Daniel Murphy and Ryan Zimmer, will they stay healthy this year? That's the only thing that's going to hold the Nationals back, is that can they stay healthy? Because they have the pitching staff in the bullpen. They may need to trade for another outfielder they could trust just in case. But for them, they, a loss to Steven Drew, but Daifo could still play every position, so can Matt Reynolds. So it's the Nationals' year, make-or-break year, for them to get to the National Championship game for the first time or go to the World Series. And if they don't, Bryce Harper is definitely going to leave like he's supposed to, but they're still going to have to fix that hole because... If you lose a Google caliber right fielder and then you're hard of your lineup, it doesn't matter how many veterans you have on your team. They're never going to fix that. So it's the Nationals' years, and they're probably going to win the division because their lineup is much better than the Mets, and their bullpen is much better than the Mets. The Mets, though, they've been on a decline since they went to the World Series because Syndergaard, DeGrom, Matson, Harvey, and Wheeler, Montero, you name it, all have been hurt the last couple of seasons. Now, if you enter a season where Syndergaard, DeGrom, Harvey, Mats, and Wheeler are healthy, that's probably one of the best five-man rotations in all of baseball. You enter your familias healthy as your closer, and you get a full seat of A.J. Ramos. You get Anthony Swarzak, a multi-inning reliever, and Jerry Blevins still. And you take Gels, Robert Gazelman and Lugo, who you were your starters last year with all the injuries, and that experience is your bullpen. The Mets, pitching-wise, are a lot better position than they were in the past couple of years. That rotation and that bullpen is going to be the main reason why the Mets will be a dark horse candidate to probably win the wild card this year and maybe even compete for the division. Now, their lineup is a little bit old because they decided to decide Todd Frazier to play third base, who's still a productive hitter. He still tries to put the ball out of the ballpark every time. And Adrian Gonzalez, who missed most of last year because of injury, but even if Adrian Gonzalez is not going to be the 40, 120 guy, 25, maybe 30 home runs, 75 to 80-something RBIs, goal-goal caliber defensive first base, puts the ball in the play all the time. 
is better than what the Mets had last year. They had a hole. Now, Ahmed Rosario, this is the year to see if he can actually be that great prospect the Mets have. Because he's going to get a chance to play every day. Even if he's batting behind the pitcher, he's going to get a chance every day to see if he can hit Major League Pitching. They brought back his dribble Cabrera because Jose Reyes is a utility player and Flores is never going to be an everyday player. Now, the problem for the Mets is you think, you know, Conforto's not a center fielder. He'd be much better suited to play right field. But the Mets decided to bring back Jay Bruce even though they traded him at the deadline. So, and Jay Bruce should probably be playing left field or DH or first base. But Cespedes likes to play left field, and they brought Adrian Gonzalez in, and there's no DH in the National League. And the other thing is still, Juan Lagares is still going to be a go-go caliber outfielder, and Brandon Nimmo can actually play center field, and he's shown he can hit. So the problem is they have way too many outfielders and way too many infielders. But for right now, they could always unload one of those outfielders like Lagares, Nimmo, or infielders like Flores, and get themselves a quality eighth-inning guy if they really wanted to. And they even signed Jason Vargas for more pitching depth in case they have injuries, and they've already been tested because... Rafael Montero is going to have Tommy Don surgery and miss the whole entire year. And they cut A.J. Griffin in camp, but also have themselves Vance Worley. The only problem the Mets are going to have is as of right now in April, they lost their starting catcher, Travis Darnell, to Tommy John surgery, and he's going to be out for the whole entire year. The problem with Darnell is he never hit consistently as a major leaguer, never stayed healthy, never been the world's greatest catcher. Pilecki, on their hand, hasn't shown he can hit the major leagues, but he's going to be out for a while. So they're going to rely on Jose Lobaton, who's a great backup. But the Mets may need to trade for JT Remutal or Jonathan Lucor, somebody that's going to help them out. Or they could always sign somebody on the market. But trust me, the Mets this year are going to pee for a wild card spot. And maybe division, they may even surprise you. Because when you have that great starting pitching and that great bull- and a much better bullpen and a very good lineup with power hitters in Cespedes, Bruce Conforto, Frazier Gonzalez, and Estrubo Cabrera, that lineup is so much better than last year's lineup. Now the Phillies, we got to give them credit. They're trying to be competitive. Their rebuild took way too long. They should have traded guys years ago, and they fired the GM for that. They signed one of the best position players in the market, Carlos Santana, and one of the three best starting pitchers in the market, Jake Arrieta. Now, Jake Arrieta's a great pitcher, but he's on a decline. The problem with the Phillies is Aaron Nola's young, Nick Pavetta's young, Vincent Vasquez is young, Matt, Lied- Matt Leiter is young. You know, all of these guys that they have are really young pitchers. And Jared Eikhoff's out. They have all these young pitchers that all this potential. But they've had health and inconsistency issues in the rotation. So Arietta is not going to solve the health and the inconsistency of the youngsters. He's just going to be a good mentor to Aaron Nola, which means they don't have enough pitching, even if you sign one of the best pitchers on the market. They're also not going to have the best lineup in baseball, even if Carl Santana puts up a 30-40 to 40 home run season because they're relying on Nick Williams in his first full season, J.P. Crawford in his first full season, Jorge Fowler. Fowler's got great power. Crawford struggled a bit the last couple years in the minor, and Nick Williams is just this great, talented player. But what happens is, when you sign Santana, and you also get rid of Joseph, Caleb Joseph, I mean, uh, Corey Joseph, and you thought, maybe Reese Hawkins play first base, but no, get Santana, you bump him to left. That means Aaron Altair can be an everyday player doesn't get to play. So they have a great lineup of Hoskins, Santana, Mikael Franco. That's a good lineup. But... Hoskins is not a great defensive outfielder. And then the other mistake that Gabe Kapler, who's in his first season, gave him some breaks. He's playing Odubo Herrera in the three spot, which the Phillies used to do. Odubo Herrera has proven he's an leadoff hitter. He makes great contact, has great speed, and play great outfield. You need to play him in the leadoff spot. Sarzanis has proven, ever since he took the spot from Chase Utley, that he's a good contact hitter, can play defense. He should be batting second. I don't want to see Carlos Santana, Reese Hoskins in the two spot. And I don't want to see Cesar Hernandez leading off. You want your lineup to be... Uh, Hoskins, Santana, Franco, Alfaro, heart of the lineup. That's what you want to see. Now, Andrew Knapp won the backup job, so Cameron Rupp's gone. But in general, 
They got Pedro Florman. He's a great backup infielder. And Kingry, this guy came out of nowhere. He can play everywhere. The problem for the Phillies is even if Nola, Arietta pitch great and they get Leiter and Eikhoff back, Leiter and Eikhoff back to pitch with Pavetta or Vasquez, Vasquez, they're still going to have an issue with the bullpen. They got no-name pitchers, Hector Neris, Luis Garcia, and they're having former starting pitcher Adam Morgan, and they're not even using Drew Hutchison as a starting pitcher. They're using Hutchison and Morgan as reliever. They did sign Tommy Hunter and Pat Nietzsche, but both of them are starting the year in the DL. They're the only two relievers that have closed games that I trust. So if the Phillies are in it and they're competing for a wildcard spot, they're going to have to get themselves a proven closer or some veteran relievers or even one veteran starter at the back because that's, that's the thing. If you're going to rely on three rookies for a full season to play their full season and adjust to major league hitting, that's a problem. If your rotation is really young and inexperienced and your bullpen's really young, inexperienced, and not that great, those are two signs that if you have a lot of inexperience in your bullpen, your rotation, and your lineup, all the, Santa, all the amount of talent that Santana has and Arietta has is not going to help this team whatsoever. But you got to give them credit that they're actually trying to be competitive and think they're pretty close, when in reality they're not. Now, the Braves are lucky that they and the Phillies don't have to worry that they're not going to be last place team because of what the Marlins are doing. The Braves decided to, you know what, let's pick up Preston Tucker from the Astros. He's shown some offensive power in the major leagues, and the Astros passed, he's no longer on the death chart. Everybody passed him up, even his own brother. Now they got veterans Lane Adam and Peter Burgess as backups. That's pretty good. And they still have multiple time goal goal winner Ender Enciarte in center field and batting leadoff. That's a perfect formula. They still have Nick Markakis in their lineup. He's, he's always been a great contact hitter, been consistent. Now, when you traded Matt Kemp to eat the salaries of Adrian Gonzalez, I knew they weren't going to keep Adrian Gonzalez because they have Freddie Freeman, one of the best players in baseball. And you thought, okay, Brandon McCarthy and Scott Casimir, great pickups. They know they got to pay for them, and Casimir didn't really pitch last year because he was injured. McCarthy's always injured. But the Braves tried going with all their young pitchers, and it didn't seem to be a great idea for them because they kept taking all the hits. Newcomb, Whistler... Aaron Blair. They had all these young pitchers in the last couple of seasons. They've had him go out there, take all these bumps and bruises. When in reality, their pitchers were not ready to pitch in prime time and maybe should have waited a couple of seasons before throwing them in the fires because the Braves had no choice. They didn't get any veterans. Now, Julio Tehran is a great starting pitcher. He's good. Holton Avis proven he can throw really well. But you thought, man, McCarthy and Kazmir, it's a good way to pitch innings. Now, let's go. But they decided, you know, Newcomb and Whistler are both going to make the team this year. But they also then signed Annabelle Sanchez late in spring training. So Luis Annabelle Sanchez essentially replaces Scott Casimir as a veteran who pitches the end of rotation just to eat innings so the youngsters no longer are, you know, the brunt of bruises. That's the thing. You don't want them to get injured. You want them to have a bunch of bruises. You want it to develop. The Braves are also going with three shortstops in the infield. Ozzy Alberts, the second base. Swanson, a disappointing rookie year, is still going to be the second uh, shortstop. And Johan Camargo had a pretty good rookie year for a couple of months. He's going to play third base. So they're essentially relying on three inexperienced players to play the infield. But they're still going to go with all the catchers they have. They love having catchers. Suzuki and Flower, Chris Stewart, who they signed to a major league deal, but, you know, there's not enough room for him. They got Carlos Perez, who the Angels had, who's been one of their backups for a long time. And they even signed Rob Brantley. So they have enough catchers. That's the thing. They have way too many catchers. Now, the smart thing is they signed Ryan Flaherty in spring training when, it's, when the Phillies cut him because he's going to be ability to play everywhere. Which is going to be a good thing because if young players like Swanson Albers or Camargo or even Randy Ruiz struggle, you're going to have that person on your team. 
Uh, their bullpen is 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 not is an issue, which is why they're nowhere near competitive. Even if Teron Fultonavich pitched great, Newcomb, Whistler, Aaron Blair had pitch up to the potentials, and McCarthy pitches like he used to, and Anibal Sanchez regains his thing. They trade away their closer, Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson's had some ups and downs in his career, but they trade him to the Angels. So Vizcaino, it's all on him, but he's very inconsistent. And when Peter Moylan, who's had all these surgeries on his arm, has bounced from team to team to team, is in your bullpen, and Josh Raven's hurt too, you're really not going to have that great of a bullpen if you're taking Sam Friedman and a bunch of relievers you never heard of or starting pitches thrown in the bullpen. That's what's holding them back. Their bullpen is not great. It's really not... That's really one of their weaknesses is that. But you, can, you can't even fault the Braves for trying. Getting themselves... Charlie Culberson and Ryan Flaherty as backup infielders on this team. Getting Peter Burgess and Preston Tucker in the outfield. That's a good idea. Getting yourself Brandon McCarthy and Annabelle Sanchez. Those are great ideas as well. So it's going to be a two-team race, but the other two teams are not going to be as bad as you think. The Braves are not going to win many games as you think either, but they're still going to be a lot more competitive. Then we're going to get down to the to the real issue of this division. One of the teams that actually is trying to purposely lose. When you trade the reigning MVP, Giancarlo Stanton, you trade Gold Glove and Silver Slugger All-Star, Marcelo Zuno, who can play every outfield spot great. Yelich, who's one of the best all-around hitters in the league, and he's won a Gold Glove in left field. Get rid of all of them. You get rid of... Your starting shortstop last year at the deadline, Denny Echeverria, who's a great defender. And then you also say, you know what, we're going to get rid of D. Gordon, our starting second baseman, and move and trade him to Seattle. That's a great idea. They also got cut Edison Volquez, and unfortunately for them, Wien Chen and Dan Strayler, two best pitchers starting the year in the DL. And they got rid of Adam Conley, who was one of their more intriguing young starting pitchers last year. They also got rid of some of the relief pitchers as well that were in their bullpen. They still have a pretty good bullpen, like on paper. When you have Janisi Tazawa and Brad Ziegler, that's still a pretty good bullpen for them. And Kyle Barklow and, and Streckenrider have also improved the past couple of years in their bullpen. And even if you're using Omar Despaniage and Justin Turner, guys who should be in their rotation as relievers, that's fine. You're trying to do something there. Their bullpen isn't as good as it's been in a while, but it still has a guy who's closed games. And a couple and a veteran and a couple guys have been improving, and also they're they're gonna have a hard time winning games this year when they're starting third baseman Martin Prado starts the year in the DL. They're starting shortstop JT Riddle starting the year in the DL, and their catcher JT Ramudo starts the year in the DL. You would think maybe Starlin Castro would play shortstop, build up his value because you're trying to get as many players as possible in trade. Play shortstop until JT Riddle comes back because Miguel Roas is a backup and Yidi Rivera is another backup, and the guys haven't played in the major leagues. No, let's, let's play Castro second base. Let's take two backups of shortstop and finally give Derek Jeter a chance to play every single day. But there's a catch. You're not going to play second base or third base. We're going to go with youngster Brian Anderson. Not to confuse with the pitcher or the outfielder or the catcher. But yeah, we're going to throw Derek Jeter in left field. And to open the season, they play this Garrett Cooper guy, a natural-born first baseman, in the outfield. So let's go with a second baseman in left field and a first baseman in right field. And even though we've got all these young players in these trades for Stanton, Yelich, and Ozuna, and Gordon, we're only going to go with Luis Brinson, the guy from the, Luis Brinson, the guy from the Brewers in center field. We're not going to use Cameron Mabin as a starter. We're going to go with Cooper. We're going to bring Mabin back, but he's going to be a backup. And they also started the year. They decided they're going to start the year with three catchers. They went with Tim Wallach's son, and they went with Brian Holiday, the veteran Tomas Tellez, who just keeps bouncing from teams. 
the only good assets on this team are Justin Board, but he can never stay healthy, and Starlin Castro. So look for them to trade Starlin Castro and Justin Board and Cameron Maben. They won't be able to trade Martin Prado or Dan Straley if they're both starting the year in the DL. It doesn't really help them. Their rotation is a mess. Jose Urana is the only pitcher with talent that anybody ever heard of. They're throwing in four no-name guys instead of Turner or Omar Despanias. Now, their, their bench is, is silly because they had the year with multiple first basemen and catchers, and that's it on their bench. It doesn't make any sense. They're purposely trying to lose. That's why they've traded and cut every single possible player they had last year that made them somewhat competitive in the rotation, the bullpen, everywhere possible. So the Marlins are going to be a doormat for a long time, and Derek Jeter's going to have to figure out how to fix this team because the Marlins have always done teardowns. Both times they won a World Series, the time they signed Burley and Jose Reyes and all these other players all to deals, they've done this all the time, tear their teams down and never get a chance for this team to grow every single year trying to improve. When you have the best, you have the best outfield in baseball, on paper, having D. Gordon, Justin Bohr, Martin Prado, J.T. Riddle, and and JT Romuto is not is not one of the best, but it's a pretty good. And a rotation of Wien Chen, Dan Straley, Edison Volquez, Adam Conley, Arena, that's middle of the pack. And their bullpen last year was better, but they did get rid of some of the guys they had last year as well. So the Mets have a chance to make the playoffs here, and maybe in the division. The Nationals, their last chance to win a World Series. So those World Series are bust for the Nationals this year, and we all know they're going to make the playoffs. The Phillies signed a couple of good veteran players and are going to rely on a bunch of youngsters. It's not going to be enough for them to actually claim a wild card spot. They'll be competitive. They'll be in the fight. The Braves made a couple of good moves on their team, but when you lose, when you lose, you trade your way, your closer, you trade your starting left fielder, and you're relying on a bunch of youngsters too. You're not going to finish in last place because the Marlins are going to do that for a very long time. But you're also not going to be very competitive. Well, the Houston Astros finally did it. They won a World Series. They were in the National League. Now they're in the American League. They've been a, losing 100 games year after year in total rebuild mode, and they've gotten some very good players. And they won the World Series last year. And they're going to be one of the first teams in a while that win a World Series and go, they have a very good chance of repeating. And this was the minutes after they won the World Series because of the core of George Springer, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and Yuri Gurriel. Lance McCullers Jr. and Dallas Keuchel, and the fact that they got Justin Verlander, not as a rental, but he's still in their contract. And they still have Ken Giles, is, their, is pretty young in their bullpen. They're like, yeah, this core is going to be good enough for them to win for a very long time. And guess what the Astros did? They went and traded with some scrap piece of players. Of Mar Colin Moran was hurt, Joe Musgrove was hurt, Michael Feliz, an extra reliever, and whoever else they gave up to get themselves Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has been the ace of the Pirates for a while, for a, for, for a while now. He's still pretty young. The only question is he's always he's had battled some injuries. But you're not asking Garrett Cole to be the ace. Dallas Keuchel gets to be the eighth. Justin Verlander gets to also be a co-eighth. And Lance McCullers Jr., if he's healthy, is an amazing pitcher. And he's up and coming with that great curveball. And they still have Colin McHugh, who used to be the number two pitcher in the rotation. They still got Brad Peacock, who started against them last year. And they have veteran Charlie Morton. Mike Fires is gone. Joe Musgrove's gone. But this rotation has Garrett Cole as your potential fourth best pitcher and three extra pitchers in the fifth spot. That means that they could always trade a Colin McHugh or Charlie Morton to a team to improve an area of weakness and not really hurt themselves because they still have an amazing rotation because it doesn't matter who's in the fifth spot because when the playoffs start, you're going to have Verlander taking game one, Keiko taking game two, McCullough taking game three, and Garrett Cole taking game four. 
how many teams can say that? Wow. Maybe Cleveland? Maybe New York? Maybe Washington? Maybe maybe even the Dodgers somewhat? You know, the Giants maybe? I think the Astros are one of the few teams, maybe there's five at most, that have a one through four that if they're in the playoffs, wow, look out. Now, some of my issues with the Astros is stop playing George Springer in center field. He never stayed healthy even as a right fielder, and you're just making more chances for him to get hurt. It's one thing to have him be your leadoff hitter and be your spark plug like a Dustin Fowler. I mean, a Dexter Fowler who's bad leadoff for the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Rockies, but he's not a great leadoff hitter, just starts you up your lineup. That's fine. But stop playing him center field. Play him in right field. Put Josh Reddick in left field, who is a good right fielder, but has that amazing arm in right field. Put him in left field. Because too many times last year, Mario Gonzalez's arm in left field screwed them up. I also don't get how you don't play Derek Fisher on a regular basis. This dude is a young, up-and-coming player. He should be playing center field every single day, or even left field every day if you're going to continue to play Springer in center field. But they keep playing Mario Gonzalez in left field, which is pretty stupid. Mario Gonzalez's only job is to back up Altuve, Correa, and Bregman. So they don't get, so keep him fresh all season long because he put up 20 home runs last year. If you want to give him some bats at first base so Gurriel doesn't play every day, that's fine. Even give him some bats at DH, Gats doesn't play every day. But Derek Fisher should get the opportunity to play center field every day or even in the outfield. Or Jake Marisnik because we all know he's a world-class defensive player. Maybe you have a platoon system, Marisnik and Fisher, but Gonzalez should not be playing games in the outfield. And the Astros still have Evan Gaddis as their DH and Brian McCann, one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. They took my advice and got themselves a, a real backup because Gaddis is not a catcher. Too many wild pitches doesn't want to control pitching staff. There's not insult. There's a reason why the Braves traded Evan Gaddis. They didn't want to play him in left field or a catcher. They wanted him to be a DH, and so they got Max Stassi. It's fine. He's not going to play every day. He's going to play once in a while, but that's better than having Evan Gaddis play every single day. The bullpen in their hands, Ken Giles has struggled since he's come to Houston. After a short glimpse of him playing, have him being closer in Philadelphia, taking over for Jonathan Papelbaum. Now, the thing is, Davenzi's been a great multi-inning pitcher. Will Harris made an all-star team, Sips a lefty specialist. But their bullpen, no offense. Davenzi, Harris, Sip, they all could just struggle like Giles have. They did guy in Joe Smith. The problem with Joe Smith is he can't stay healthy. And Hector Rendon lost a closer job from the Cubs three or four seasons ago, so he hasn't been a closer in three or four seasons. And the rest of their bullpen is Brad Peacock and Colin McHugh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're going with an eight-man bullpen, which is why Marcos Alice is very valuable because he can play every position. But you're wasting a bullpen spot on two guys who could be starting on any other team, which is why they need to trade Colin McHugh or Charlie Morton. Now, people are like, oh, they could trade Brad Peacock. Brad Peacock is younger than both. Morton's had an injury career season, injury career, all injuries in his whole career, and Colin McHugh hasn't been healthy. Bounced. The Mets let him go because he wasn't consistent. So it's more realistic that you trade Colin McHugh, Charlie Morton, get yourself a dominating setup man, a closer to bump Giles out, or get yourself a natural-born left fielder and maybe not have to worry about playing Marcus Austin left field. But this team, it's a World Series or bust because I think they have a better lineup and a better rotation than pretty much every team except for the Indians' rotation and Indians' bullpen. So it could be the Indians and Astros in the American League Championship if they're going to have the two best records, which means... The Astros will probably play the wild card. The Indians will probably play the Red Sox again, and they've done that before, and they've beaten them. So the Astros are clearly going to win the division. They're clearly going to make it all the way through the American League. The only thing that could beat them is maybe Cleveland because they're similar neck and neck in certain areas. But the Astros, in my opinion, are probably going to win the World Series again or at least get to the World Series depending on who they play. They could play the Dodgers again. They can play the, the Mets. They could play the Nationals. They could play the Cubs. You don't know. Something's going to happen. But the Astros are definitely going to get to the World Series because they have an amazing rotation with extra pitchers. Still have this amazing core lineup. 
and there really isn't that much competition in their own division. So it's basically the Astros division, and they're just going to cruise all year with this division. Now the Rangers are the other team in that division. The Rangers have been to multiple World Series. They've been in the playoffs multiple times. But the problem for the Rangers is Cole Hamels can't do it all anymore. He's getting up there in age. He's not, he can't single-handedly take you to the playoffs or World Series like he did with the Phillies. Martin Perez has been talented, but injuries have derailed his career. Matt Moore, injuries have derailed his career. And we still don't get why the Giants gave up their third best pitcher. But we won't get that. And Mike Miner has been healthy in years. And is and he was only healthy last year as a reliever. That's what they're relying on. They're also relying on Doug Fister, who briefly pitched for the Red Sox last year, but hasn't been good in years. Old man Bartolo Colon and Jesse Chavez as another option for them as well. And they signed all this other pitching depth for them just in case they need it. They signed themselves Giovanni Gallardo to a minor league deal after he failed to pitch for the Brewers to make the open day roster. The Reds got rid of him. They signed Tim Lincecum to be a closer, but he, he's, of course, not there yet. Edison Volquez, who's probably going to miss most of the season and not pitch till next year. They signed Brandon Compton. They, got, they have Anthony Ghost, who's been converted to a pitcher. They had Adam Lowen, Steve Delbar, Sean Tolson, all these guys to minor league deal as pitching Jeff. Because guess what? They don't have enough actual talent at the major league roster. They're relying on Bartolo Colon, Perez and Minor, who are injured. Colon Kella. He's been in the bullpen the longest. He's got more experience. Matt Bush was in jail. He's played another position. And Tony Barnett had been pitching the major leagues until they signed him. And Kevin Jespin has bounced around from team to team. Jake Deepman has always been a setup man, but he has some injury concerns. And their bullpen still has some starters in there. So until Tim Liscombe comes back, and maybe if they bounce Bartolo Colon from the rotation, they put him in the bullpen, their bullpen and the rotation is what's going to hold them back. Any team that has Delano Shield as your leadoff center fielder, Norman Mazzara in your right field, and you have Joey Gallagher like 30 to 40 home runs last year as your DH first baseman since you choose on your team, and you have Odor with 20 home runs, you have Elvis Andrus who showed some offense last year, and you still have Hall, future Hall of Famer Adrian Beltre, that's great. And Profar is going to be their backup, but maybe they could trade Profar to a team looking for an infielder and maybe get the lockdown closer or set up man if they're really good at considering about making the playoffs or a lockdown starter. Problem is, their bench is a little flimsy. Rule 5 pick, Charles, Carlos Tosi, he's barely playing the Major League. Dan, this, there's another Robinson, not the Rays one. He's on the Rangers, this other one, Daniel Robinson. He's a man in that position. His bat's supposed to be great, so they played him in center field. They played him in left field. They played him in shortstop, second and third. But he's a utility player. Ryan Rue is another guy who can't play center field whatsoever. He can barely play left field. He can barely play third base. He's like a first baseman DH. So outside of Profar, their bench isn't that great because they don't have a real natural-born outfielder because Robinson and Rua are not. They have this Keener Falafia dude who's a man of that position as well. That's the problem. And again, Jonathan Lucroy struggled for them. That's why they dumped him on the Rockies last year. But they're going back with Rob- old, old catcher Robinson Chirino and, Yon- and Juan Centeno. But it, the Rangers could also look for a catcher but it's much more concerning to get themselves a lockdown closer or a great setup man or another starting pitcher and not a catcher. But catching will be an issue. Another issue will be left field and will also be backup outfielder, but they're hoping to call it Willie Calhoun to play left field. Or, you know, this is an interesting idea. Play Sitcha Chu in left field and DH Joey Gallo and play your prospect Guzman or play Rua who can't play the outfield at first base. That's just an idea. But 
the Rangers pitching as a whole and their depth around the whole entire field is what's going to hold them back because it's a one-man race for this division and the Rangers are just going to be grasping at a wild card. Now, the Angels keep doing splashy things. Sign Albert Pujols when they have multiple first basemen. Sign Josh Hamill to a long-term deal when they have lots of outfielders. And this year, they do the same thing. Let's sign Zach Kozer, one of the best position players in the market. Not to play shortstop, not to play second. We're going to have him play third base, which bumps Luis Valbuena and Marte to backup duty and to play first base or DH. That's why they shipped out CJ Crone. But another reason they shipped out CJ Crone was, you know what? Let's sign the Babe Ruth of Japan, Shohei Otani, to be the DH because he doesn't want to play left field or first base. You want to keep him fresh, fine. They also decided to keep Justin Upton. Fine, Justin Upton's been the same player since he was 17. Power guy, just tries to hit the ball at the ballpark. And you get all-around players in Cole Calhoun and Mike Trout. So you're just like, you have Mike Trout, power hitter Upton, all-around player Cole Calhoun, Pools, who's not going to hit 40 and 120, but 20 and 80 still pretty good. Kinsler, who's been one of the best second basemen in baseball, but by default needs to be a leadoff hitter because they don't have a leadoff hitter. And you're not going to ask Calhoun or Kozar to be the everyday leadoff hitter, nor are you going to ask Otani or Justin Simmons, who's never been a great hitter, but he's a great shortstop. So they have a great lineup. Whoop-dee-doo, the Rangers have a great lineup. They also are going with Martin Maldonado. Somehow won the gold glove last year despite playing in a platoon system. And they got one of the best backups in baseball, Renee Rivera. So they got two backups, a catcher. That's fine. I think it's called the Angels back because they think it's called the Rangers back. Is every year Garrett Richards, Andrew Heaney, and Tyler Skaggs are hurt. Those are the three best pitchers they have. They're the most talented pitchers they have. But injuries are going to keep holding them back. And guys like Matt Schumacher, Nick, Trapa- Nick Trapino, they should be in the bullpen. They shouldn't even be starting these. The Angels have used a lot of guys in the rotation that should be relievers. And to start the year, they decided, you know what? Alex Myers is going to become after Tommy John. We can't re- rely on him. We're going to go with a six-man rotation to accommodate Otani because in Japan, they go with a six-man rotation. So because of that, they have to waste a roster spot on J.C. Ramirez, a career journeyman reliever. The Angels tried again, like I said last year, grasping for straws as a starter. But guess what happened? They, he has had Tommy John surgery. So you know what? That experiment didn't go well for six starters because that guy got hurt, not Otani. And Richard Heaney's guy, they'll probably go down at any given minute. You watch it. Any given minute, they'll go down. problem for the Angels is, yes, they traded for Jim Johnson. They're closer. But what else is in their bullpen? Cam Bedrosian? He hasn't been healthy. They let go of Mike, Mike Morin, one of their better relievers, and they're relying on Cam Bedrosian to set up to Mr. Jim Johnson. They got Blake Wood and Blake Parker. Blake Wood's bounced from team to team. Nobody knows what a Blake Parker is. Chris Middleton's shown some talent. So does Jose Alvarez, Jose Ramirez. But they're not like, oh, my God. And no Ramirez, the Red Sox got rid of because it was good. So even if you have an all-star closer in Jim Johnson, Cam Bajorjian has been a good setup man, and potentials in Blake Parker and Chris Middleton, and no Ramirez has potential, and you also get yourself Blake Wood. The bullpen, if they want to be real this year, they know they're going to have to close trade for a real closer. They're going to have to trade for a good setup man. They may even trade for another starting pitcher if they really want to. Now, they get a good thing by signing Chris Young. Chris Young will be a great backup outfitter, play everywhere. Now, if Otani only going to DH a couple times a week and Poole's going to DH, that just leaves Valbuena and Marte both on your roster. Both men don't have a position. Marte's played third base, left field, and first base, but he's a first base and DH. Valbuena's played second, third, and first base, but he's really DH. He's kind of just got kind of power. So your bench players are guys who are really straight to corner infield and left field maybe I mean, you don't have a real backup except for you say well Kozer is going to be the backup to Simmons and Kozer is also going to be backup to Kinzer which again silly idea to have your starting players to be your backups to the other but I feel like the Angels and Richard Heaney Skaggs are healthy and Otani pitches the weight everybody says he has 
and Schumacher and Alex Meyer are healthy this year, and Jim Johnson solidifies the closer role, the Angels will be better than the Rangers because the Rangers are grasping for straws after Cole Hamels and Mike Miner. They really are. Even if Tillitzka's closer experiment works, it's not going to really help them. Now the Mariners went and got D. Gordon. So you've heard a lot of middle infielders become center fielders and outfielders. Well, yeah, that's one thing. But D. Gordon used to be a shortstop, moved second base, had a PED suspension, and you're asking him to play center field, a position that he's never played before. That makes no sense. D. Gordon is just just turned 29, and for him, at 29 years old, yeah, let's 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 have him. He's 29, going to be 30. Let's have him learn a new position. Because we don't trust Guillermo Herrera, who's a world-class outfielder, to play center field. We don't want Ben Gamble in center field, nor do we want Mitch Kaniger. We'll have Gore to play center field. Now, what it does is means Gene Segura bumps to the two spot. And Gene Segura, who had been batting leadoff for them, solidifies the second spot because he's been a better hitter in the second spot. And D. Gordon gets solidified leadoff spot. And your lineup is D. Gordon Segura to start the table, set the table. And then you go Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Seeger, Mitch Haniger. That's pretty darn good. Because the three veterans, Cano, Seager, and Cruz, can all hit 20 to 30 home runs. And Mitch Haniger has a 20 potential pop if he stays healthy. And between Dan Vogelbach and Ryan Healy, whoever plays first base, they have great potential, too, of, of hitting. And then you got the, the, enigma is not, the enigma that is Mike Zeno. Came on to the league strong. The league figured him out. He stayed in the minor leagues. They won a bunch of crappy catchers. He'd come back. He's a catcher. Ben Gamble started the year in the DL, so they signed Ichiro Suzuki as like a heartwarming story because Ichiro still wants to play. So between Ichiro and Suzuki and Ben Gamble and Gilmar Reda, got enough outfield options. They got Andrew Romine and Taylor Motters. They got enough backup infielder options. The thing that's also going to hold Seattle back is even if every single position player is healthy, is Felix has been declining for years. Paxton can't stay healthy. Mike Leake's overrated and he's more of a backup. Erasmo Ramirez is hurt. And they, they re-sign Asashi Iwakuma. To a minor league deal to stay healthy, and you know, they're counting on Asashi Iwakuma to come back in the second half of the season and be healthy. They're relying on King Felix and Paxton to stay healthy. They're also relying on Erasmo Ramirez, who they traded to the Rays, who's always been a tweener, back end guy, reliever. Their rotation is a problem. And they've already been tested at their catching depth because they, because the Nino started, started the year getting got hurt, and they have no catchers that anybody's ever heard of. Their bullpen still is hard-throwing Edwin Diaz. That's great. They signed veteran Juan Nicasio, a failed starting pitcher. You would think maybe if their rotation has some issues, that Nick Vincent, who's been a starting pitcher his whole career, could be a reliever. They still have Repchinski, the veteran, and then Wade LeBlanc. But what really going to hurt them is now David Phelps, they got last year. He got hurt last year, and he got hurt now. Because imagine a bullpen that has Diaz, Nicasio, Repchinski, and David Phelps as your four pitchers. And then you're going to use Vincent at Tlavia, at and Wade LeBlanc as the filler. The bullpen would be better, but it took a huge blow to the Phelps. So the Mariners, like the Rangers and Angels, have a good lineup. There's a lot of question marks in the rotation in the bullpen because of health, and just both teams don't have great bullpens. They all three have bad bullpens. Their rotation is all it's a matter of health, and their lineups are also pretty darn good, great hitters. But again, the three of them are all going to be trying to fight for second place and a wild card spot, but realistically, the Twins, the Blue Jays, and Orioles are probably much better than all these teams. Now, last but not least is the Oakland A's. They're definitely not trying to win because they make some moves that make no sense. 
They trade for veteran Steven Piscotty, and they keep Matt Joyce. You think, okay, they're trying to be competitive. You also think, okay, they get that Dustin Fowler guy from the A's, and they get Boo Powell from, from Seattle or Tampa Bay, and they got Jake Smolinski. But they decide to start the year and send down Fowler, and then a Boo Powell gets hurt, and they still have Smolinski. But they again, let's go with a three-man bench. They went the year with Smolinski, Pinder, and Maxwell's their bench. Pretty stupid. Now again, something that Oakland does is silly. Fine, one thing playing Mark Cannon in left field, but take a natural-born first baseman and play him in the outfield. He doesn't fit on their roster. They even got Brandon Moss to trade and cut him because they didn't want to use him because he didn't fit the roster. Now one smart move is, by acquiring Piscotti and keeping Matt Joy, is Chris Davis moved to GH where he should be because he's not an outfielder. That's why Ryan Braun played right field for a couple of seasons. So they got that correct. And they also got correct that you want to play youngsters, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. You don't need any veteran first basemen like Gonzo Alonso, Brandon Moss. You don't need those guys. And they still got Marcus Simeon shortstop. He's not the world's greatest defensive player, but he can still hit. And they still have Jed Lowry. The hope is maybe they'll unload Jed Lowry if he's healthy enough. Unload a Matt Joyce and unload Jonathan Lucroy, which made no sense. Because they had Fegley and, and they had um, Garneau, the guy from the Rockies, and they brought him out. So they had three young catchers they could have gone. Because you think, in rebuild mode, you're going to go with catchers. Nope, with young catchers. Nope, we're going to go with Lucroy. Oh, in rebuild mode, they're smart. They're going with Chapman and Olsen. And, you know, Boo Powell start the season. No, let's bring Joyce and Piscotti in there. So they're, they're rebuilding by going with young guys, but then they're also going with veterans. Now, the rotation is Kendall Graven and Sean Manaya. Pretty good. They're going with youngsters Daniel Medgin and Andrew Triggs, and they signed Trevor Cahill and Brett Anderson to help them. But again, Cahill and Anderson are guys you flip. Their bullpen is a lot better than you think, even though they traded Madsen and Doolittle. Having Blake Trinan, who experienced closing for Nationals last year, Chris Hatcher, who's been around the block, Cassie, who closed games for the Giants, and Yasser Romero Petit, who's been a tweener as a rotation in the rotation of the bullpen's good experience, and Ryan Butcher, who's been around the block before, too. Ryan Dole is a question mark, but there's Emilio Pagan, the guy, the guy for Ryan Healy, is supposed to be like a really good relief pitcher, so he's the key in that bullpen for them to get a young guy. Now, unfortunately, they took a blow with Jarrell Cotton, having Tommy John surgery or having surgery to end the year because they were hoping that he would be in the rotation because he's a young pitcher. They also were hoping, they, but the good news is they still have Chris Bassett and Daniel Gossett and Frankie Montanez that they can definitely use in their, in their rotation. So if they flip someone like Trevor Cahill and Kendall Graveman, they can always call on the other pitchers to pitch for them. But again, they're purposely trying to lose, but also at the same time, they're going to win a lot of games if you're going to have Matt Joyce, Piscotti, Jed Lowry, Jonathan Lucroy, and Chris Davis, and veteran relievers Trinan, Hatcher, Butcher, Yasmero Petit, and Santiago Casilla. But they're probably going to try to trade Santiago Casilla, Trevor Cahill, Chris Davis, maybe Jonathan Lucroy, and Piscotti. But again, they're, it, they never make sense. You think they're, they're rebuilding mode, they're not trying, but then they get a bunch of veterans, but then they, they'll win more games than they want to. But again, you know, the real plan is for them to trade their guy. But at least they're trying to be competitive by having real people in the outfield and real people in the rotation and bullpen. But this, this, this division can be summed up with repeat of the World Series for the Astros. Question mark? Babe Ruth of Japan and Mike Trout. Is it enough when you don't have enough pitching depth? Adrian Beltre, Joey Gallo, and the rest of the talented Rangers lineup and Cole Hamels leading the way, is it enough? Not if you don't have enough pitching depth in your rotation bullpen and Bartolo Colon is in your rotation and you're counting on Tim Litzkin to come back and be your closer. And then 
the Mariners are relying on Felix Hernandez to will his way with a rotation that isn't as good, and Seager, Cano, and Cruz to will a lineup that is pretty talented, but their bullpen outside of their young, electrifying closer, Daniel Diaz, isn't good, and the A's are not going anywhere. So the Astros are clearly going to win, and the other three teams, like the Mariners, Rangers, and Angels, they're going to be fighting for second place, but I highly doubt that any of them are going to be a wild card spot, and the A's are going to be in last place for a very long time. So the Dodgers are clearly the favorite to win the division, win the whole entire league, because they have the talent to get back to the World Series. They have the talent to clearly win their division easily. The question is, is anybody in this division going to make the wild card after last year? The Diamondbacks and Rockies made the wild card spot, and the Giants had an unlucky year full of injuries and bad performances, and it's not a fluke. The Giants are a really good team. They still have lots of good players. But will the Rockies and, Astro and the Diamondbacks, I mean, will they take a step back? Will the Giants take a step forward? So with the Dodgers, it's the same issue as it every year. Clayton Kershaw is amazing. He can single-handedly win your division, take you to the World Series almost. And Kenley Jansen can single-handedly be your dominant reliever in the bullpen, but you don't want him pitching every eighth and ninth inning of every single playoff game. You don't want Clayton Kershaw going out there three or four times in a playoff. So that's why the Dodgers last year traded for Hugh Darvish. But guess what? That didn't work out because his control wasn't great. He was tipping pitches. That wasn't good. And they then started away their pitching depth. And Scott Casimir and Adrian and, uh, and uh, Brandon McCarthy. Kyle Casimir doesn't have a job right now, but still, you trade away your pitching depth. And, not, and, you, and you signed Tom Kohler to a minor league, to a deal in the offseason, but he starts the year in the DL with a major injury. So you don't ever know when he's pitching. So your rotation is Alex Wood, Kenta Maeda, Rich Hill, and, Hin, and Hinjin Ryu. And what are the Hinjin Ryu, Kenta Maeda, Alex Wood, and Rich Hill have? Injuries. They've always been unhealthy to stay healthy. Rich Hill was out of the league for a while. So again, you're relying on Four pitchers to pitch behind Clayton Kershaw, who have never proven to be healthy. So again, probably two or even three or even all four will be on the DL. And you know the Dodgers don't have Tom Kohler to use. And they don't have Julio Hurias because he's still recovering from surgery that he had last year. And I don't think they're going to start Ross Stripling or Scott Alexander in the rotation, even though they have, they're natural-born starters. The Dodgers going to have to make a, a move for another starting pitcher because they're not going to have enough starting pitching. And they did trade away Luis Avilan. But it didn't matter. Luis Avilan was always injured. Pedro Baez was always injured. And they still have Tony Tengrani they got from last year. They got Josh Fields. But Josh Fields pitched horribly in the playoffs. Now, one interesting thing again, and got former Twins reliever JT Char Chargos. You know? Still, the Dodgers bullpen, you can only really, really rely on Jansen. Fields and Tony Tengrani, you can, they're somewhat okay, but they're not the most reliable. Baez can't stay healthy. Rush Stripling and Alexander are starting pitchers. JT Chargos was a Twins pitcher. So, you know, the Dodgers, again, are going to have to get a starting pitcher and another setup man. Last year, they went and got Watson and Sigrani. They got themselves two guys. And they went and got themselves, you know, Hugh Darvish. I think the Dodgers are going to have to get themselves another starting pitcher because they have no idea when Kohler is coming back. And their starting pitchers are all going to get hurt eventually. It could always happen. And they're going to need to get a setup man because Pedro Bias will get hurt like always. And you can't rely on Fields and Sigrani all year. Another, another issue for the Dodgers is Andre Ether, he's no longer on the team. They're like, okay, he's gone. They were going to play Jack Peterson every day in the outfield and either Chris Taylor, Kiki Hernandez in the outfield because now that you traded Gonzalez, Bellinger won't have to play the outfield anymore. He'll play first base. Comes in Matt Kemp in that Adrian Gonzalez dump, and he's going to take away at bats in left field, and nobody's going to want to take him from the Dodgers because he's making all that money. But guess what? You get yourself another middle order power hitter, and you, you always can use everybody can always use more of those because when the heart of your lineup is Seager, Bellinger, Matt Kemp, 
Yasiel Puig, Giovanni Grandal, and Kiki Hernandez, and this or Chris Taylor and Jack Peterson. And you still have Justin Turner when he comes back from his injury just that he started the year in the other Logan Forsythe. This lineup is pretty good, top to bottom, no matter if you're playing Taylor, Hernandez, or Jack Peterson in the outfield. It doesn't really matter. You're still going to have a great team. And you still have Chase Utley who can take the ball out of the ballpark as well. Now the problem is for the Dodgers is they've fallen in love with Chris Taylor as their everyday center fielder because he can be a good leadoff hitter. Fine, make him your leadoff hitter. But with Justin Turner starting the year in the DL and you moving and you were shifting foresight to third base, you're thinking maybe let's put Chris Taylor second base because we know he can play second base. Or you keep your name play second base because he can bat leadoff. But of course, they're in love with him in center field. They're paying that camp all this money, and Yashpul is not going out of right field even though he's an enigma. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. Which means Kiki Hernandez is a backup still, which is what he should be. But the real thing is Jack Peterson potentially hit 30 to 40 home runs to play an amazing center field. He's not even a starter on this team, which makes no sense. That's the thing that makes no sense on this team. Now the Dodgers also decided they're going to start the year with Barnes and Farmer on the team because they couldn't find more backups. Because if they're fully healthy and you got four side and Turner on your team, then reality-wise, you consider Taylor, Kiki Hernandez, two of your backups, and Barnes, your other backup. Which means you still have one more backup. So let's throw another let's throw another catcher in the thing. So some games are playing their catcher Barnes second base, and some are playing their Kyle Farmer in third base. They're essentially playing three catchers at a time, which is pretty silly. So they, even at full strength, their bench of Kiki Hernandez, Chris Taylor, and Austin Barnes is not that exciting. Because I'm thinking you got Peterson in center field and Kemp in left field. So Taylor and Kiki Hernandez are two of your backups and Barnes is your other one. So maybe they actually call up Andrew Tolles because they got rid of Trace Thomas in the year. Because they're going to need a real natural born outfielder. And you say, well, Jack Peterson is. Well, Jack Peterson is good enough to start. So really you need another real outfielder. Or just add another outfielder because Taylor and Kiki Hernandez are not really outfielders. So they're going to pretty much run away with the vision. Every year, no matter if older starters get hurt besides Kershaw, no matter if older bullpen sucks, and it's just Kenley Jansen, if a lot of the position players get hurt because they have good backups in Taylor Hernandez and Barnes, they're just going to continue to plug away and easily win the division. And what really matters to them is getting farther in the playoffs like they did last year, getting back to World Series because they have the talent to get back to World Series. They just need to get better starting pitching and relieving. Now everybody's like, oh, the Giants are not going to be good anymore because they had a bad year. Any team that has Buster Posey, the best catcher in baseball, any team that has power hitter first base in Brandon Belt, a team that trades for Evan Longoria, who may be in a decline but still a two-way player, trades for Andrew McCutcheon, who's in a decline but he's a two-way player and has to play right field, and Hunter Pence, who's still a good player in left field, and a really underrated middle infield of Panic and Crawford, who beat you want to go glove, up for silver slugger, makes all-star teams. That's amazing. That's a good team. And they, and they decided to bring Gregor Blanco back to pair with Gorka Hernandez so they get themselves two world-class defensive outfielders to back up Pence, who's never played left field, and McCutcher, who's never played right field, and Austin Jackson. The only problem is Austin Jackson failed as a leadoff hitter in both Detroit and Seattle. He's not a leadoff hitter. But they're going to try him on center field and, as a leadoff hitter, as their center fielder, because they're not going to ask Brandon Crawford or Joe Panic or Hunter Pence to lead off. And that's the only obvious thing is they, when you trade your leadoff hitter in our Spain for Longoria, you lose your leadoff hitter. That's what they did. Now, the other issue is Kelby Tomlinson, a natural-born second baseman, who's played some third base. They don't have a real natural-born shortstop, so that may be a concern if you don't want to play Crawford every day. But outside of that, Nick Hundley is still an everyday catcher on other teams because there are plenty of teams that would love to have Nick Hundley as a starter, and that's good. He can keep Buster Posey fresh by giving him days off or playing him at first base because you have Nick Hundley. The problem the Giants had last year was their bullpen. Their great acquisition, Mark Melanson, everybody said, yeah, that's going to solve their bullpen. 
was inconsistent and got hurt. Okay? Now, the good thing is they signed Tony Watson and then get Sam Dyson for a full year. Now, Sam Dyson could pitch the way he did in Philadelphia and for stretches in Texas. And Sam Dyson and Tony Watson and Hunter Strickland are your setup man. And when Mark Melanson does come back, if you have Mark Melanson as a closer, Tony Watson, who has closed games in both Cincinnati, he's closed both games in Cincinnati, and he's not going to probably close some games in San Francisco, and Hunter Strickland, and Sam Dyson. That's a pretty good bullpen. And when Will Smith comes back, you have a great lefty specialist. Because Josh Osick and Cody Guerin have proven they can be very good reliever. So automatically, that bullpen's so much better it went to full strength. Unfortunately, last year, Madison Bumgarner was doing something stupid. Dirt bikes hurt himself. This year, he can't fault a player hitting a ball back at him and fracturing his hand. You know, he has to have surgery on his hand. And, of course, Samarja is hurt to start the year. But at full strength, when Bumgarner comes back from injury, Samarja comes back from injury, and, and Johnny Cueto is your 1-2-3 punch, that's a pretty good rotation. The only question was training Matt Moore to clear some cap space from McCutcheon and Longoria. A little bit questionable because you need Matt Moore because Samarja is not your third-best pitcher. He was your fourth pitcher last year. And they're going with youngsters Black and Beattie and Stratton right now. And that's fine, but the Giants probably going to need one more starting pitcher even when Samarja and Bumgarner come back because they traded Matt Moore because Cueto is good enough as a number two and Bumgarner is great as number one. But they, re- they really need a number three, another back-end guy because they're using Derek Collins with the White Sox. Threw in the bullpen last year and even cut because he couldn't stand him. He just kept giving up pitches. So that's the thing. The Giants probably could use another reliever like every team can use, but they probably could at least use one more starting pitcher because their position player in their lineup is pretty much set. They have the pieces in the bullpen in the rotation, but it's a matter of you got three starting pitchers, and you're going to need probably one more for the playoff run, and you're probably going to need another reliever for the playoff run. But don't sleep on them. They could be a dark horse to win one of the wild card spots. But they're going to have tough competition from the other teams in the division because the Diamondbacks and Rockies each are the wildcard teams. Now, the problem with the Diamondbacks is they, have, they had way too many players entering the offseason. So they fine. They trade Brandon Dury to the Yankees. Fine, get rid of him. Because they have Jacob Lamb and Paul Goldschmidt, and they like to find They're now going to use Cotel Martavino last year, started the year on the DL. And they continue to use Nick Ahmed as the defensive shortstop who's offensively challenged, or Chris Owens who has played both infield spots and even third base and got an experiment in center field when Pollock was hurt, as he's a better hitter. Now you say, you know what? You got Jeremy Hazelbaker and Yosemite Tomas on your roster. You got so many other guys, like they've had a Fuentes and a Sacris Brito. And as I said, Brandon Durr is playing the outfield. And I forgot, David Peralta was hurt last year. He was an incumbent before J.D. Martinez came. So you, and they have a great outfielder in A.J. Pollock. So, of course, they weren't going to re-sign a J.D. Martinez. But you thought maybe, maybe just maybe, they'll trade some of that outfield death. Nope. They keep David Peralta. They send Yomani to Mastermind Leagues. And they sign Gerard Dyson to be the fourth outfielder when I'm thinking, you know, Hazel Baker, Brito, any number one of these guys could be a fourth outfielder. They also acquire Steven Souza from the race because the race decided they're going to be, they're going to be tanking. And they traded away Dickerson and Steven Souza and Jake Odorizzi and Evan Longoria. Because complete all-tank teardown. That. So they traded Steven Souza to play right field, which means Tomas is being paid to play in the minor leagues. They got all these extra outfielders on the roster combined. And then they go, you know, let's... We have Brandon Dury, but we've traded Brandon Dury and swapped him out for essentially Souza. But we also bring Gerard Dyson in. So they have way too many position players who thought they were going to trade them because pitching and their bullpen in particular is an area of need. 
they had Chris Herman, they had Jeff Mathis, they have Alex Avila, who they signed to replace Ionetta, and they have J.R. Murphy. And they probably had other catchers too as well. So they have way too many catchers, and they're getting going with three-man catching tandem in the major leagues, which is pretty stupid. Because they're like, well, Chris Owens can play everywhere, Daniel Descalso can play everywhere. But yeah, they should have traded Steven Souza, Brandon Jury. I mean, they shouldn't have traded for Steven Souza. They should have only traded Brandon Jury to get pitching back in return. Because Brad Boxer hasn't been healthy in years. When he used to be the closer, he lost his job to Colome. They're relying on him. Archie Bradley, instead of using him in the rotation, they said, we're going to make him the reliever as an eighth inning or ninth inning guy. They're going to sign a guy from overseas in Hiriano. Chafin's going to be in their bullpen, so team McFarlane. They brought back Jorge De La Rosa, who was a starting pitcher. And they brought Fernando Salas, who's been a setup man. Fine. But their bullpen is still very weak. Zach Ricky is good as he is. Patrick Corbin is good as he is. As good as Tejon Walker and Robbie Ray is. And they're expecting Shelby Miller back. They could have used another starting pitcher by trading one of the many position players they have, like a Brandon Dury, turn him into a, to a starting pitcher, or any other outfielder, turn him into a reliever or a starter. So what's going to hold them back is Bachbert hasn't been healthy in years. Bradley's being a reliever is a new thing to him. De La Rosa is a starting pitcher. They're going to be probably need a better closer and reliever. And they probably could use another starting pitcher, but that's essentially it. They're going to be competing with the, with the Giants for a wild card spot, and they're competing with the Rockies. But getting Steven Souza is very helpful because he's a great power hitter. To play him full season alongside Ava Ralt, AJ Pollock, Jake Lamb, and Paul Goldschmidt. Lamb's still going to be really good. Now, the Rockies, who were the wildcard team last year, somehow did not trade for any veteran starting pitching. In order to do that this year, they think Jonathan Gray and Chad Bettis can lead the way, and young pitchers, Jeff Hoffman, when he comes back from injury. And right now they have Marquez in the rotation, Anderson, and Kyle Freeland, and Arsenatella. And I think all their young pitching is fine because they beef up their bullpen. They signed Wade Davis. They signed Brian Shaw. They re-signed Jake McGee. They still have Mike Dunn and Amon Vino. Former star pitch Cruzen, Chris Rusen. And they have Scott Oberg in their bullpen who's been there for a while. They feel like, you know what? We beef up our bullpen by signing one of the best closers in the market. Signing one of the best multi-inning relievers. Bring back our former closer. And we still have Adam even done. Wow. Their bullpen is probably one of the best in baseball. And even after they cut Mott and Qualls last year who are old. Now the other thing is they said, you know, we don't need Mark Reynolds. Who every, the last couple of years keep putting up 30, 20, 30 home run seasons. The goal is we're going to play youngster Ryan McMahon. Well, guess what? They have not. They played Ian Desmond in first base because they want to play Harold Par every day. And they also brought Cargo back so he could play right field and said to the... Uh, David Dahl, you're not going to be in competition. Maybe to play first base because you keep getting hurt. You've had major injuries. You're going to go back to minor leagues. Tapia, he's not even going to be on the roster because they're going with Matt Toshman as the backup outfielder because they don't want to even give Tapia a chance to play every day in the outfield. Because if Toshman is backup outfielder number one, Desmond can still count as backup number two if he's playing first base all the time. So there's all his Ryan McMahon's work of the years. It doesn't look really great. Now, again, when you have Dijon May who wins batting title, gold gloves, Trevor Story, 20-plus home runs rookie year, Blackman had an incredible MVP caliber season, Desmond and Cargo can hit 20-plus home runs, and you have the best defensive third baseman, one of the best players in baseball third base, your lineup's going to be great, your infield's going to be set defensively. That's great. Now, the interesting thing is they got rid of Garneau, and you think, okay, Walters and Murphy, who weren't used last year because they used Hannigan and Lucroy, they're going to they're gonna see which is the better catcher they have that's young. And whoever's the better catcher between the young guys is going to catch all of the young pitchers of, in the rotation 
with Gray and the rest of them. Nope, they bring back Chris Ainetta, whose last good season was winning he was in Colorado. Now he's in Anaheim, now he's in Arizona, not anywhere. But yeah, let's bring him back and not start the young guy like we did last year with Hannigan and Luke Croy. That's really hurting the development of the young catchers. It'd be cool to see how a young catching tandem catches a young rotation and builds together. So what's holding him back is inexperience in the rotation. That's not going to put him past the Walker game, even if they make it. Their bullpen could be as good as it possibly can be. They can have such a great lineup of Desmond, Blackman, Cargo, LeMayu, Story, and Naranano, but it's still not going to be enough. So the Diamondbacks are going to be pushing with them all year, and the Giants will be. And the Mets and the Phillies and the Brewers and the Cardinals are going to be pushing for a wildcard spot. So that so the Rockies are not going to easily make the wildcard spot because the Giants are going to be better. They're going to still face the Diamondbacks and the Giants in their own division. And the Phillies and the Mets are good and the Nationals are good and the Braves are going to be better. But, you know, there's still too many teams they got to worry about. And the team that's going to be in last place for a while which you surprised haven't been in last place because the Giants were last year and the Diamondbacks were the previous year, is the Padres, who have so many outfielders. You thought, you know, we got talented players like Frankie Cordero and Manuel Margot as capable leadoff center fielders. And you got Corey Spanishberg, who's played second, third base, first base, left field. He's a good enough guy to have on your roster at second base or third base. You also have Alex Dickerson and Travis Jankowski, who have been starters. But again, Dickerson missed all last year. He got hurt. So he's out of the equation. You thought, okay, Matt Caesar got from the Cubs. That's another outfit. Hunter Renfro had a great rookie season. Better than Dansby Swanson, but not as good as Cody Bellinger. Maybe he should be in left field because they're the world's greatest outfielder. But, you know, that, that's a good plan. They went in out the Padres and signed Eric Cosmer to play first base. He was clearly the best of position player in the market. A really good player. But when you moved Will Myers from center field experiment, which was dumb, and right field to play first base to stay healthy, been out where the wear and tear the outfield. That was smart. He's been very good offensively, defensively, hasn't been injured. Nope. Let's get Eric Cosmer and throw Will Myers back in the outfield. And guess what? He gets hurt again because he always gets hurt, especially when he plays in the outfield. Now, the thing that doesn't make any sense also is to open the season, Hunter Renfro, you're not the left. You're not going to start in left field with Will Myers in right field. And either or Cordero, Margot, or Caesar in center field, or Jankowski, Dickerson, or even a Spannenberg in left field. No, you're not going to play whatsoever. We're going to play Jose Perala, Perilla, who the Yankees just dumped in the Padres. And for many years, he wasn't even on the four-man roster for the Padres. For a couple of years, he wasn't even on the four-man roster for the Padres. He was only called up in the September call-ups. He's a natural more second baseman who maybe they could have tried at shortstop. They could have tried at third base when they had a hole once they traded Jed Jerko. He could have done it all. Or he's your super utility guy. He's playing a lot. He's playing. They decided, nope. He played really well left last year in left field. He's going to be the everyday left fielder. We're going to be dumb enough to play him in right field. We're going to bat him in the heart of the lineup. So one thing they even bat him lead off, bat him second. But this guy should have got the opportunity to be everyday second baseman, everyday shortstop or third baseman. Nope. Because what you're doing is taking away bats from Hunter Renfro or Matt Caesar or Cadero or Mongo or Jake Castro Dickerson. But that's just another thing. And as Carlos Wahi has played back to back seasons for a month or two at most. But said, no, he's going to start the year as the everyday second baseman. I'm like, okay, fine. He's going to do it, but what about Corey Spanderberg? Well, Corey Spanderberg will play third base. Nope. They go and trade, and they all get Chase Headley contract back. The Yankees wanted to dump his contract. So they get Chase Headley back. That's a way of taking a bats from Spanderberg. He can't play left field because Perales taking a bats from him. That's why he's taking a bats from him at second base. And then they pick up this Carlos Villanueva guy, or Christian Villanueva, Villanueva 
who used to play for the Cubs, who like Calendero, who again is a man without a position. That's the problem. That's the thing. When a man without a position is on your team and you're going to play him, you're going to play him on your team. So yeah, he's blocked by Cubs third baseman Chris Bryant. But the thing is, he's played the whole entire infield his whole career. That maybe, just maybe, you could also have tried him as shortstop, like Perala, before you went and got Freddie Galvez. But no, they traded for Freddie Galvez. So now Villanueva has no options left, so he has to make the team. So again, he's taking away bats from Spandenberg, but he's also then taking bats away from Chase Headley. So you're paying all that money to so you might as well use him. They get Freddie Galvez, I'm like, okay, Freddie Galvez. Is he ever to shortstop? He's going to bat second? No. They don't even do that. And the Padres, like last year, they went with like three or four catchers. At least this year, they're going with veteran A.J. Ellis to teach Austin Hedges. That makes sense. It's very, it makes a lot of sense. Now, of course, they brought back Clayton Richard last year. It worked out for them well. And they brought Tyson Ross back. That worked out really well. Now, they're going to wait on Colin Ray to come back. That's one thing to do. Well, it makes no sense. They're asking Jordan Lyles, who last year escaped from Colorado and pitched really well in this big ballpark because the rotation is Clayton Richard, Tyson Raw, Jordan Lyles, and Brian Mitchell, the real part of that Headley trade that they got to get this pitcher. And when Kyle Ray comes back, that'd be a great five-man rotation, but they're not even doing that. Lyles is in the, is in the bullpen. Kyle Ray is going to be out for a while, and they're going with young starting pitchers that nobody's ever heard of. And that makes sense. They're rebuilding. Now, they still have Brad Hand as a closer, and they still got... Craig Stamen in their bullpen and Buddy Bauman. They did get rid of Quackenbush. He's on the Reds. And they got rid of Carter Katz off the four-man roster. But Matt and Matt Strams in the DL. But when you have Brad Hand, Craig Stamen, Buddy Bauman, and Kirby Yates and Matt Stram, it's a pretty good open. If Hand and Stram are your one-two punch, Stamen, Craig Stamen, Buddy Bauman, and Kirby Yates are pretty good because you could flip any one of those guys at the deadline. You could trade any one of those guys at the deadline, especially Brad Hand or a healthy Matt Strom, you know, or Kirby Yates, their team that could use him. You could just help your rebuild them. Robbie Erlin, like Jordan Lyles, should also be in the rotation, but they're not even doing that. So on paper, their bullpen is a lot better than most teams. If they go with the rotation they're supposed to be, they'll have a better rotation than they had last year when they had Jared Weaver, who essentially retired, and they signed a bunch of guys who shouldn't be pitching anymore, or they're not even great. But their rotation is better than it was last year. Based on potential, their bullpen's based on potential better. They just thought signing Eric Hosmer, pushing Will Myers to the outfield, playing a utility infielder in the outfield is dumb. Trading for Freddie Galvez when they could have tried that utility guy in the outfield or Villanueva at shortstop instead of Freddie Galvez. And Spanier doesn't have to play. They just have way too many guys. But they're going to be the in the in the cellar for a while now because the Rockies and backs are good enough that they're not going to drop down and the Giants are, still, are going to be good enough not to drop back down the last place. So it's going to be a very hard season for the Giants, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. They're going to be fighting each other all year for the second spot in the division and a wild card spot with the other talented teams in the East and the Central because we all know the Dodgers are going to run away with the division this year and the Padres are going to be in last place. So this year the Twins are going to then play the Yankees again in the wild card and lose in the wild card. And the Giants or the Mets will win the wild card game versus Milwaukee. I have a feeling the Mets have better pitching this year, so they'll beat Milwaukee and the Giants in to get to the wild card and to beat them in the wild card. And then, of course, the Yankees are going to lose to Houston because they're the best team. Cleveland's going to be Boston like they keep doing every single year. And Houston and Cleveland will have an epic 
six or seven game American League Championship Series winner take all to go to the World Series in terms of who was the best rotation and pitching staff. And in the National League, after the Mets win that wild card game, they're going to lose to the Dodgers because Dodgers are clearly a much better talented team and the best team in the National League. The Cubs are going to lose to the Nationals. The Nationals finally get to the second round. But the problem is they won't be able to win in the second round because the Dodgers could be so much better than them. It'll be the Dodgers and Astros in a rematch of the World Series, and it's going to go seven games. And since Houston has four quality starting pitchers before you get to their fifth, sixth, and seventh pitchers, it's definitely going to be the Astros winning the World Series, especially since their lineup is also much more balanced than the Dodgers. The Dodgers have question marks in the outfield. They have question marks second base, so that's an issue. Now, that's the World Series. Now, predictions for the awards this year, Mookie Betts will probably be a favorite if the Red Sox have a great record and make the playoffs. So will the Jayton Studge, Gary Sanchez trio in New York have a good combination. And then you get the trio in Houston of Jose Altuve, George Springer, and Carlos Correa if he stays healthy this year. That could up, be up for the MVP. Dark horses for MVP are obviously going to be Mike Trout and the Angels because he's just the best player. Other dark horse candidates can be Josh Donaldson and, and any Blue Jays players. The Blue Jays make a strong run. And then you could say anybody on the Twins if the Twins go far like Dozier or, or Sano for that team. But most likely, Mookie Betts is the, the leader in the pack. And in the National League, it's Bryce Harper's last year in the Nationals, so he's probably being one of the three or four best players in baseball. He's going to easily run away, have a chance to run away with the MVP. Dodgers players like Turner and Seager, they, if they have great years, they could run away with it. Cespedes, if the Mets do really, really well. Yelich, if he helps the Brewers make the playoffs. Ozuna, if he helps make the Cardinals make the playoffs. And his teammate, Matt Carpenter. Those are potentials. Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman. The, the duo in Colorado can be very good. And, of course, Paul Goldschmidt is going to get many votes because he's always just one of the best players in baseball. And for the Cy Young, Chris Sale is going to be the leading candidate, but he may falter again in the second half. So Corey Kluber, Cole Hamill, Justin Verlander, those are always going to be potentials. King Felix, and they're going to give Otani some votes if he pitches really well, but it's Chris Sale and Corey Kluber really at the end. And if the Mets make the playoffs and Syndergaard or DeGrom stay healthy all year, they're the two leading candidates. So does Strasburg and Scherzer if they stay healthy all year. And if Clayton Kershaw... He stays healthy all year. He's going to be, have a chance to maybe win it again. Zach Grinke and Carlos Martinez also have a very good shot. If Arietta pitches the way he's supposed to be and he pitches the Phillies to a competitive record, then there's a good chance that he has a chance to win the Cy Young this year. Manager of the year could be Rook and Tari if the White Sox are competitive. Paul Molitor. It could be Aaron Boone and the Red and in the Yankees and Red Sox and Alice Cora if they're if, for the first time being managers. It could, and then in the National League, Craig Council, the Brewers make the playoffs. I think Kapler and Mickey Calloway in the both years in Philadelphia and New York have a good chance. Bud Black has a good chance again. Troy Lavallo has a good chance. And Dave Roberts for the Dodgers. Rookie of the year, when Michael Copez pitches for the White Sox, that's going to be good. Otani's going to get a lot of votes. Cisco gets a chance to play every day, so he's going to get a very good chance. Acuna for the Braves and Lewis Brinson and J.P. Crawford in the Phillies and along with Jorge Faro Nick Williams. So all the youngsters in Atlanta, Miami, and Philadelphia are going to get a significant amount of opportunity to play every day. So this could be a realistic chance for them to win Rookie of the Year. As of right now, Otani and Cisco are the only rookie in the American League that are playing on a regular basis. And comeback player of the year, if Miguel Cabrera and anybody on Cleveland and Kipnis and Michael Brantley stay healthy, they could be definitely comeback players of the year. If Eden stays healthy or any one of the national players who missed significant time with injuries last year get to stay healthy, Mets players that they're healthy all year, and executives will definitely be the Brewers, Dave Stearns for getting Yelich and, and getting Lorenzo Cain, getting Wade Miley, getting all these things to help their team in the bullpen, 
and the Minnesota guys had Levine because he got himself Lance Lynn and Jacob Rizzi to improve the rotation. He got Fernando Rodney, Addison Reed, and Zach Duke to improve the bullpen. He got Logan Morrison to improve that lineup. Those are the type of things that are going to make for executives of the year. Now, thanks for listening to my first and hopefully first of many baseball podcasts and first of many podcasts. If you would like to read my long-form articles, go to Radar4428.blogspot.com. Follow me on Twitter at Radar4428. And for my short-form articles and lots of just sharing a post and, and information, go to On The Radar Entertainment blog. Search that on Facebook. Thanks for listening to the On The Radar Entertainment blog baseball podcast. My name is Radar, and thanks for listening.